most of the time. Yeah. 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 So let's talk. Let's let's start off. Graham Graham W. Vebke asks, "Do you like western or spaghetti western movies?" I do. I do. I don't understand what the difference is. There's a big difference. Do you know why they're referred to as spaghetti western? They have Italian directors, right? More than that, they're mostly made in Italy. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it was it was cheap, and they would make they make a lot of stuff over there. And so all your spaghetti westerns have a different flair. I it's, it's just a lot like. Uh, uh, European platformers versus American platformers. They had a different take on the whole Western theme, and so what you got out of this was some was some unusual music, some unusual uh, casting, and some uh, a very interesting plots and whatnot for these films. Uh, I don't know how many of the old Clint Eastwood movies you've seen. I, they seem violent. They're well. I mean, compared to today's films, are you kidding me? But like. Uh, uh, I love like Pale Rider and uh, uh, there's you know Clint Eastwood did a lot. He played like soldiers and cowboys. He did all the tough guy roles. Yeah, right? he was in uh, what? What all? He, he was in what was the old TV show he was in? Gosh, I know the theme. Oh, Raw Rawhide. He was in really? that. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played. I think he played Rowdy Yates. I think was his name in that. Uh, but uh, 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 there was a lot of good spaghetti westerns. That. that the, 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 the westerns where you see him kind of wearing those ponchos and he's that thin tall guy with the cigarette mm -hmm. and he's looking off and, and, that, and, and he wore the, uh, the long coats the cowboys didn't dress the same as American cowboys where I think traditionally cowboys in America were just your cowpoke types they had the vests and the right. chaps and they had the white and dark hats so and they, the, the poncho is a mark of a spaghetti western. well it's not I mean they had ponchos but I'm saying the, if, if you look at the look of them there's a different style to what and a different vibe mm -hmm. to what you to what you like, get. Uh, Fistful of Dollars, is that Spaghetti Western? Yes. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Yes, yes. So yes. it's basically all the 70s ones. And then, and then you've got the uh, uh, soundtracks, which are, you know, uh, the, we're off the charts. I wish I could remember that fellow's name that did the soundtrack for The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. He did a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Leone or something like that. He was a, a tremendous, uh, tremendous musical guy. Uh, but that, yeah, I do, I dig, I like both. I mean, I grew up watching uh, The Lone Ranger and The Cisco Kid. And Zorro, I used to watch it. My because you got to remember, I came in at the cusp of the cowboy thing, where the, the cowboy movie was in the show was still viable, mm -hmm. uh, but it was fading. And so I and you know I love the Wild Wild West, which was a sort of James Bond meets the Wild West, which I love. I love that show. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite shows, just because it was so well done. Did the, did the guy that was in it just pass away recently? He did. Mm -hmm. He did. What was his name? Uh, his Wilder? name was uh, Robert. Uh, God, you're putting me in the spot here. My brain's tapioca today. It'll, it'll come to okay. me, uh, but uh, 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 it was a great show. Uh, him, him, and his partner it was James West and Artemis Gordon, and they, they was such a tremendous, a uh, fun show. That was well acted. Lots of great uh, character actors would come through there. Uh, was that Charles Nelson Riley on that show? I don't think so. Although he was great in the X Files that he was on. Remember that one? No. Oh, Who did he play it? It was called uh, Ho uh, Jose. God, what was it? Uh, Ho Flying something i can't remember the name of the episode he played a reporter or a book he played an author that was writing a book and uh getting all these stories from these different people and it to and each one of them told a different tale about these various weird occurrences in the x-files uh and uh it was funny it was a real funny episode mm -hmm. yeah. then unfortunately they killed him off oh. later down the line because that's what they do mm -hmm. uh, but uh but yeah westerns i'm down with i like the uh i'm okay with the john wayne stuff i watch some of that i, I um uh I like uh, 
the modern westerns, you know, I like that stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm cool with pretty much any western. I like weird westerns. I like normal westerns. I'm down with all of them. I again, I, I don't know that I've seen. I watched. Um, I think I watched Tombstone on a band trip. One yeah, time. that's a good one. I'll tell you one that no one seems to like but me. It had Sharon Stone in it. It was called The Quick and the Dead. Uh, it had it was a it had uh, Gene Hackman was the star of it, and it was about this town that had this a gunfight competition. And the, the, the guy that ran the town was the, also the fastest gun. He was a, he was a jerk with Gene Hackman's character. And Sharon Stone came in at, uh, at to come to town to get revenge for her, him killing her parents. It was a great flick. It was directed by the same guy that did uh, Spider-Man and the Army of Darkness, Evil Dead movies, mm-hmm. Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that one. But it, a lot of people didn't dig the whole chick. Sharon Stone lead. And she was fine in it. Mm-hmm. You know, she was totally fine. But I'd, I'd give that one a whirl. If you want to watch something that's a little off-center... Okay. You know, but it, but uh, not super duper violent. I think we should move to the shade. Uh, well, yeah. Let's just turn. We can turn our whole operation very easily. Just come on over. Just gonna shoot the rear end of my house. Yeah. Yeah, actually, let's just move it on back. Oh, man. Now we're really rolling, sitting on the back porch. I set this thing up in the sun, going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I set it up the other day. All right. Can you guys hear us okay? I guess so, because nobody's complaining. <laughs> oh, and I just made the chat disappear. So, okay. we'll never know. I like the, uh, oh, man, I like the fact there's still a tree line here. Yeah? It makes me feel less like I'm smashed into an urban terror maze. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I would put this house far away from an urban terror well, maze. I'm very fortunate that I've got some space. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah. I went to Yido today. Oh, yeah. Brave the dojo. Uh-huh. Same as yours. How many people was at yours? Full class. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It wasn't the same as mine. Well, uh, but as far as the mask wearing, uh, yeah. one one guy, an older older fellow, uh, wearing a mask. I took Nobody Luke, else. I took Luke to class this morning. Two senseis, one Luke. That was it. Really? It showed up. Private lesson. Yeah, well, that's great, except for the fact that these guys have to pay rent in the building. You know, and so um, they're they're taking it they're taking it on the chin. It's funny. Yeah, Hanchi Jarrett was talking about. Uh, he's uh, you know, he does uh, one of his guys does a BJJ thing down in Florida. Yeah. And he said they actually bought dummies to practice throwing. Have you heard about dojos doing this? We've got one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got one of those. Of course, the dummy probably has to be of a certain size for it to be effective. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big dummy. Yeah, yeah and you're, when you're size. when you're a small dude, it's it's not really. Nah, that's not, not going to work. Yeah. I was sad though, and I can I don't even go in the dojo anymore because you know. Right. So I just sit in the car mm-hmm. for one boring hour. I usually look at Discord. And yeah. Screw around, and but uh, um, I sat there and we watch people come in, and it's just I'm just like, yeah, we're, we got problems. And I, like I was talking to the sensei this morning, he came up to the car. I said, you know, 
this is uh, this is usually the slow season for the dojo anyway, and mm -hmm. so you've got a combination of people that are afraid to come back. Understandably, you got uh, people that don't usually come this time of year, and, and then you've got people that just got but lazy or indifferent towards it, and on the time off and just got out of habit, and they're not coming back. Right. And anyway, that goes. It means there's no one in the dojo, and I'm de I'm desperately concerned. Uh, that the uh, I know the dojo that he used to go to was out of business. They they tanked out mm. during the during the unpleasantness. Mm. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to more pleasant topics, shall mm -hmm. we? This one also comes in from Graham. All right. Um, if you could own a classic car, which one would you choose? You know, previously I've answered something similar. To, I'd just say the old 1960s Batmobile. I always mm -hmm. loved that thing. Um, however, just to be different, I'm going to say to go ahead and answer that one. I'll ponder. I'd like to have an old classic convertible, either like an old like uh, Shelby Cobra, the one that killed the one dude, um, or uh, or uh, like a '70s Carmen Ghia, Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. I'd like a two-seater sports car, old two-seater. You know, I almost had a Carmen Ghia when I was younger. You never told me this. My, uh, in fact, the people before I, we lived here. People right across the street here had a Carmagia. It was red. Really? Yeah. And uh, I'd see it all the time. It was in real good shape, too. And uh, Dad made them an offer on it, and it was, a, it was a done deal. And I don't remember what screwed it up. Something happened. I don't remember if they wrecked it somehow. or it broke. Something happened, so it didn't happen. But I, I came and Ace having one. Mm. Uh, they're, they're really neat looking. Cars. They are. They're very unique. And uh, uh, if, I, if I had my druthers, boss used to import Jaguars all the time. Yeah, man. And man, those are some good-looking cars. They are. I almost bought one. But he had this uh, silver, I think it was a silver Phantom touring car. Wow. It was British. It was from like the 60s. <laughs> you know, and it looked like the kind of thing that you'd pull up to a movie premiere in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind having something like that. But if I had my druthers, I'm going to be more optimistic, more realistic. I'd like to have one of these 70s ultra huge pimp mobile type uh, uh, like Cadillac. A boat of car. That's right. right. A yeah. boat of car. With the, the one with the trunk you could camp out in mm -hmm. and the hood that takes six guys to lift. Yep. And that's what I, because I mean they sound cool. People like Big Head used to have one similar. And I was like man he had a I think he had a fire a Thunderbird or fire one of the, one of the birds. One of the birds. And this thing was a moose. I thought to myself my god this is comfort. You get in that thing and you've got those nice springy couch like seats mm -hmm. you know and and everyone has you could you got leg room arm room room to stick another couple people right in, your, in the floorboard you got everything room i like that i like a big spacious car mm -hmm. i don't like being tucked in anything I, I, i'm sort of the same way one of the things that in my mind having a little cute you know two-seater sports coupe would be cool until you get in it and you realize it's probably not the most comfortable thing you've ever been in in your life hose to have one of those little tiny sports mm -hmm. cars this is hose mind you <laughs> and i remember asking him i was like because he got rid of it. he's like hose. i was like hose why'd you get rid of your little green sports like this it's like what am i gonna do with this thing and i was like i mean i don't know if he can even get in this thing because mm -hmm. i mean you have to his wife you get this she's tiny but right. hose he's a big he's a big oaf he mm -hmm. couldn't get in this thing now if you could choose any car, just a normal car to have on the market today, what would you choose? Um, have you been pleased with the Jeep as a brand? Would you go Jeep again? Uh, no, I'm not that pleased with the Jeep. The tires wear out too fast. The uh, window situation irritates with the power windows breaking like the second I got it. The gas mileage is okay. It's nice to have the four-wheel drive, mm -hmm. but eh, you know, it's not my, I think it's that great. It's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I would probably get something like a DeLorean or something. I think when they start remaking those, I'd get one of those. Or just to be different, because everyone talks about how great they are, it'd be fun just to tour around in a Tesla and mess around. Yeah. I don't necessarily support the corporation or even care about that sort of thing, mm. but it's super duper computerized. And I also like the fact that they can literally hose you on, on used parts. And stuff. Oh, that yeah. really pisses me yeah. off. So, I'm saying if I scratch that, I don't want one. <laughs> that, that sounds like I a nightmare my, situation for I talked myself out of it. <laughs> Tesla's like, you know how they do it with the, with the farmers and these mm -hmm. tractors? It's right. like everything you had to oh, take yeah. back to manufacture. Mm -hmm. You know, that's garbage. I don't like it. Yeah. So, I, I'm against it. Uh, I would go with uh, the uh, Lincoln just released a new town car. New Lincoln town cars. About 27 feet long. Yeah. Ultra spacious, ultra plush. I'd love to have one of those. I'd also get a driver to drive me around. You know, we were watching, I uh, was watching... Uh, Mr. Science Theater shorts last night. You know the little things they put oh, in yeah. front of a movie? Yeah, I like those. And they had one of, there was Dream Cars and Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. right? This is from the 50s. And it had this car that was shaped like if you took an airplane and you cut off the wings. It was the, that was the car. Mm -hmm. Big, weird bubble top and it had a vertical and horizontal fins on the wow. back. I mean, this thing was like, it looked like something Homer would have came up with an episode. I'll tell you, I think I'd pick that car because mm -hmm. that's a one in a million car. If that thing's still around, there's no one going to, no one's got a vertical fin on the back of their car driving around. <laughs> that would be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, all right. Do you think that music on vinyl sounds better than CD or digital? Do I think that? This mm -hmm. is really more of a question for you, but I'll just jump in real quick and say I don't know because I, I, I doubt it. I mean, listen, you... I remember when CDs came out, and because we, we'd had tapes, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd been off albums for quite a while at that point. Um, my albums all sounded like crap because I'd listened to them a million times, and they were all, you know, beat, uh, and my right. record player was, you know, a junkie. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would go with no, but I will caveat that with, if I had a bunch of cash, and I could afford, like, the tippity-top album rig for vinyl, something tells me that the vinyl just by sheer nature of how the sound's recorded, probably at optimum uh, moments would sound better than CD, but that's just that's just uh, a, my best scientific guess. What, do you, what about you? I actually surprisingly agree with you 100%. Um, I was real Ooh. big into record collecting yes. for a long time. Had a huge record collection. And the thing is, is you know, you, these are the lies we tell ourselves as, uh, as record collectors. And this, this also applies to the retro game scene as well, where it's like, I really just enjoy taking the record out of the sleeve and placing it on the turntable. The visceral then, feel. Right, of right. Yeah. It's the same people that tell, oh yeah, I just love listening to those loading sounds, you know, and it's real hardware. I can tell it's different. Yeah. Um, and so, but the, the problem is, is that if you have a record collection of any value whatsoever, you are so afraid to take those things out of because you're taking it out of the sleeve first of all you don't want to crack the sleeve those cardboard sleeves you know you got to make sure you got the mylar protection on them yeah. you take it out of the japanese rice paper third-party sleeve that you paid five bucks a piece for special order from japan with the ubi strip um and you put it on the turntable and then a whole new set of nightmare scenarios occurs when you try and place the arm you know in the in the right place and you lower it down and you say i hope i've got the weight right because you've got to adjust the weight on the tone arm and stuff oh god it it's a nightmare yeah and and finally i was so it was i didn't enjoy listening to the music anymore because half of the time i was just afraid of hurting the records and so if you've got a ultimate setup and you have a steady hand i'm sure that it sounds better and i'm sure the tens of thousands of dollars but you know what I go out in my garage sometimes, 
and I've got this old GE radio, AM FM radio. That's all it does. And I turn it to Rock 105, and I get the let out at seven o'clock, and it sounds pretty darn good. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I've got two copies. Something. To, uh, listen, let's take our time here. So I'm going to talk, get into something. Yeah, man. So, first of all, there's a there. I think uh, for the most part, digital versions of old analog things are probably better most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that we, the one exception of the rule comes out, and it's comic books. Uh, you cannot replicate the joy of owning comics by having digital comics. Also, cards, same thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I keep still seeing these things on come across on YouTube and stuff where they're trying to get you to buy these digital cards. Collect. I know it's Disney cards. Mm-hmm. We watch a lot of these Disney shows where it's like uh, old rides that went away and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right, defunct land. Defunct lands. Yeah, that sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I get we get all these ads for these cards. It's like you can collect all these beautiful. They've got scenes from the film. You know, I'm like well, you know. You know as well as I do. You can if someone's up there scanning these cards. If I need to see them bad enough, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with the comic books. I'm not buying a digital comic book, so I want to own the actual comic. Now, now, if I just want to read the comic, right. that's fine. But no one, no one I know would do. That. I'm glad you brought this up because I have a question. Yeah. You know, uh, like the the Action Comics one, I guess is Superman. Is that right? Yeah. And then uh, DC number whatever is the Batman. These are all you know obviously very very valuable comics but these yeah, things are. never get like re- why can't you go into a store and just buy like episode or issues 1 through 50 of Superman you can like, I've never seen that before you can you can it's a graphic novels or compilations they'll, yeah, oh yeah you can do it especially the big time you can get full runs like that well I don't know if you wouldn't get 1 through 50 well I mean I'm, I'm not saying a, 1 through 50 you have a, okay, right. a stack of books but like can you get like 1 through 5 I've never seen them yeah, that you old can. You know? oh yeah yeah especially Batman Superman oh yeah you, in fact your your bud your bud Hatch had, had and lent me some of these things and, I, and he's got to pray some now is this different for you when you're reading through these compilations versus holding the individual books I don't like the compilations as much uh, and to, to, for a couple reasons. One is I don't like the heft of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now it, let me preface this. It's funny, this isn't even a sidebar. I was gonna, sorry, check out the Good Apple while we're here. If I had an Action Comics number one, I would never open it or touch it uh, <laughs> because of the incredible rarity in, right. of it. Right. Okay? Every fingerprint deducts $10,000. Now that value. said, I have, I have what I consider a pretty valuable collection of comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got your. I've got a full run of X Men from 100 to volume three, and I've got about 50 of them under 100. Okay, and I've got a same thing with Avengers. I've got a full run up to volume three, plus I've got probably about 70 under 100. Okay, so those are pretty top dollar comics, plus some other stuff, scattered sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read every one of them multiple times. I had them out. I remember taking them to work and reading them at lunch. Mm-hmm. I used to read the crap out of them, knowing even then that they were pretty rare. I didn't care. They're reader comics. I'm never going to sell these things for huge money. They're going to be, they're still worth something. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I took smeared jam all over or something. Uh, But I I, I don't have, I'm not going to sit there and and have boxes and boxes and boxes that I don't touch. Mm -hmm. I put them in Mylar bags, I back them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm still going to read them when I want to read them. Is there a value where you would would cross the line and say, okay, I can't can't read this? There is. Uh, And the value would be, I'm going to turn my ring off to get my call. Uh, I would say probably. Well, I mean, I've got some pretty valuable books, uh, so I don't know what the value. I don't. I mean, I mean five hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, maybe ten thousand dollars. Okay, you know, so anything like that. below that, you wouldn't have trouble just cracking it open and reading it. 
comics were, were one of the early adapters to this gimmick where they take your comic and you send it off to get it graded and they mm -hmm. seal it in this gimmick. And they've got, slab. It for, they've got it for photos, they've got it for cards, they've got it for records, they've right. got it for like, video game stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. I will never send anything to those people for two reasons. One, I'm too cheap. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm not going to have my craft sealed in an in envelope that I can't ever touch. Even if I owned Action Comics number one, I may occasionally want to stick my finger down in there just and be like, woo! Right, like, right. You know, just, just feel that paper. And I know me, and I'd send this thing off to get it graded, and it, I don't care what the grade would be, poor, fair, mm -hmm. whatever. I'd, I'd get this thing at the house, and it would sit there and taunt me. It'd be like sealed. You know, like I've got a, you've seen in my uh, family room, I've got a, a ton of valuable books on the wall. Yeah, all right? yeah. And they've been up there for a good while. I haven't fooled with them, all right? Uh, uh, and I haven't really thought about fooling with them. But if they were sealed, that'd be a whole different story. Right. You know? Now, I want to get back to what we were talking about a minute ago about uh, uh, vinyl versus, uh, you know, digital and analog. Mm -hmm. um, I was playing, I was doing some work on that, that coin-ops front end I've been telling you about and gave you a, a go at that mm -hmm. coin-ops next. And I put a bunch of Amstrad stuff on there, and I was playing Amstrad Donkey Kong. I even made a comment. It was really good, mm -hmm. by the way. Tremendous. I was stunned. And I, I got to thinking about, the, I like, man, look at this setup I've got here. I've got access to 10,000 know, 10, games. They're good to go. They're all set up. They work with one joystick. Mm -hmm. you know. And, it, and I thought to myself, why in God's name did I ever collect all these consoles? And then... The, uh, the other part of my brain synopsis fired up. I'm like, well, it's cool to have the console. You got them sitting in there. You can play all the stuff. You got the multi cards. And I know there are two schools of thought on this because I've I watch a lot of YouTube videos where people go over how to properly get the best video out of these things, which sticks to proper, how to properly clean these things, co proper collection of cartridges and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but we haven't talked about this a whole lot. But, you know, consoles versus the emulation. Uh, uh, you know, and I. But I, I don't know if I ever made myself abundantly clear. I don't have any problem with emulation. I'll emulate 10 times out of 10 almost. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that makes it so you shouldn't or can't buy the real thing. It's kind of neat to have it around. It's cool looking. You've got it to play with it. We play with about, you know, we occasionally break some of our stuff out. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but when it comes to uh, uh, the, the the minor differences, and there, you know, some are more minor than some are more major. I, I don't have any problem in in uh, sacrificing those for convenience. Right. What about what is your what are your thought on that? I think that it's fun to play on original hardware when you feel like playing multiple games on the same system and you set aside sort of a block of time. You know. Uh, so like with the Intellivision. Right. Right. However. Apart from that, I'm going to go with emulation almost all the time, just because the amount of steps that it takes to get. Because I don't have all my stuff on. For for one thing, I don't have all my stuff set up and ready to go to push the button. For another thing, my mind shifts so quickly that I'll be playing, say, like I don't know, Sailor Man, and I'll be like, boy, I wonder what the Amstrad CPC version of Popeye looks like, and I want to see right away, and so I can back out and get into that and go right in. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, now we and we even people in our Discord talked about how the fact they don't like emulation they don't like multi-cards or even having if they do have a multi-card having more than a few things on their multi-card because they're afraid it's going to rob them of their attention and, and they will concentrate more in these three or four games that's something else i don't do now i'm not saying that's wrong but i don't do it i've always been a hyperactive i mean as i, I was one of the early adopters of emulation i mean way back before anyone knew what it was i'm not saying i'm king dogs i'm just saying i'm old i was there when they were doing it and i was in 
and I, I don't know if it changed me or if I was always like this, but I flip around constantly, okay? Constantly, not just from different, it used to be just between arcade games, but now it's between systems. Right. Okay? Uh, uh, and I like that. I like having the ability, the convenience to do it, which is what I always look for. And you know this, we've talked about it. I don't even care how flashy something is. I want convenience. Now, me, now, go. I don't have time to fool around, but my time is precious. You right. know, before I get to play this stuff. Right. And here, is, here's, a, here's another thing that sort of ha has won me over. I started out definitely more on the real hardware side. And yeah. as we've moved through doing all these different shows, I've moved closer and closer to the emulation side. And a big part of that is originally I was like, when I play this thing, I want to play it on the original controllers. Yeah. Well, it turns out I hate most of the original controllers. And I like a good V-pad. Or I like the 360 stick, you know, for analog stuff. And if you're playing on original hardware with, you know, a Super Nintendo controller, yeah. I mean, at what point is it? And, of course... And that's a, a good controller. That's yeah. a, you're, you're using one of the good examples. Right, right. You know, uh, so it's... it's I... Under limited circumstances, I still like to use the real hardware. I love having the real hardware. I just like looking at it. I think yeah. it looks cool. But if I'm sitting at home playing something, uh, chances are I'm going to fire it up on you. And we do use our real stuff. Yeah, we've used yeah. it quite a bit. It's and sometimes we have a choice. Mm -hmm. But I look at it from like I look at it from you know I'm talking about getting a lot of streaming going. Uh, uh, ironically, we stream. Uh, the setup I've got now, I can turn on, fire up, without me having to get out of my chair, and bam, I'm streaming up the rainbow of games. Before, and I, God bless the people that have helped us out on trying to get good scans and outputs on all these computers and machines, and I've got to the point now where I can get a pretty good kick out on the Amiga and my, and my Coco and the mm -hmm. Atari and all that stuff. We've got it rigged up. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, something can always go wrong mm -hmm. it's a hassle and the more of a hassle it is the more time it takes the right. less like you are to do it right where i find myself more raring to go now that i've got everything at my fingertips yeah you know so yeah. i don't know what that means but it was on my mind um well thank you graham for that question i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna check the stream here we really we really strayed away from the cars and now it's one. it's really uh it's really weird not being able to let's see if i can pop the uh oh yeah there it is show chat There we go. I should just get this up on my phone, but it'll be a lot easier on both of us. <laughs> oh, Duncan says we're sitting the wrong way around. Because <laughs> we're sitting opposite of the way that we normally Put sit. Put mirrors, Duncan. We can... <laughs> okay. I won't be bound by my, by my side. <laughs> Here we go. This one you should be able to answer. All right. Being in the family way. My kids spend way too much time on Roblox. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you recall if there were any games of a similar theme, style, genre when we were all younger for the Amiga or other systems? Who's this from? This is from Grant. My kid loves Roblox. He plays the crap out of it. We should get our kids together on there, by the way. Um, he plays it and he wants me to play it. And most of the games in there are crap. I mean, they're not fun for it's me, a, but they're a, great for kids. Roblox is like a collection of mini games. Right. It, it's a it's sort of an engine to create all these crazy games. Mm -hmm. I won't say mini games, but often they're some of them are specifically made to separate boy or girl from, from money. Oh, okay. I thought you said uh, the men from the boys because it's the usual crap. You can buy yeah, costumes, right. pieces, and mm -hmm. upgrades and blah blah blah. Uh, were there equivalents of this when I was a kid? No, not like this. And and the reason is you're talking about. I mean, effectively a, 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 a worldwide free platform with an infinite amount of games. 
I mean, these, these games, there's new ones every day. There's hundreds and thousands of these games. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a very clever setup, by the way. If you're in it, I mean, I don't like the games that I've played in. There's a couple I think are clever, but they're not that good to me. But, you know, I'm not a little kid. My kid loves them. Right. Uh, so I can't think of anything, Graham, uh, that even comes close. I mean, of course, I'm an older guy. You were, This would be more in your wheelhouse, but whether video games when you were a kid that you were obsessed with to the point where you play them 24-7? No. I mean, there was nothing. The the fact that, you know, it, it all has to do with the fact that you are online with other real people interacting in real time. Yeah. If that would have been around when I was a kid, I would have lived there 24-7. I'm you know, glad it wasn't. You know, in all honesty, uh, as we say this, and again, I understand the irony here, streaming is sort of uh, almost like a drug. Uh, uh, and are being connected. I maybe mm -hmm. said like I could say, like streaming to me is sort of like I could easily if I didn't have a job. I was still up in the mountain mm -hmm. where I just worked that little pitiful job. Came home, I'd stream all night every night, mm -hmm. and people could just show up or they couldn't. Right. I wouldn't even care, right? Uh, because it's just there's something about getting that instant feedback mm -hmm. that's fun. Plus, it's an excuse just to screw around. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so I think that streaming is sort of the adult candy. So that's a more you know or and. Not just streaming, but whatever connected game of your choice mm -hmm. is for us. Like, I don't really play a whole lot of. I mean, I, I don't play really a whole lot of games that are connected on the internet that I play like obsessively. I play it once a week, and it's only with my friends. Right. So there's no one else there. It's a closed server. So yeah, I mean, back in the day when I was playing EQ, it's a little bit different. And you probably have never gotten into that stuff that much. No, I mean when I was in Korea, I had a brief fling with uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, but the thing is, that. even even then. I could tell that there were there were two strata of people. There were the people that jumped on, that were just running around, having fun, doing what they wanted to do, and the, and the other group that hated those people that were like, if you're not on at 8 o'clock to raid with our guild tonight, it's over. Lifers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, a, a normal a normal functioning adult can't do that. Right. Unless under very unusual circumstances. Right. And so, um, but, yeah. So, good question, Graham. Good questions. Mitsuyama asks, is there a game that you are desperate to own? Perhaps one that you're constantly searching eBay and the hillbilly flea market for? I really wanted, let me think here. Want, go ahead, do you have one on top of your head? Because you were, you're a collector of some more like things that you might find at the flea market. Like most of what I'm looking for is like, if I'm looking for anything like a Holy Grail stuff, it's like Vectrix carts and stuff like that. Real bizarre stuff you're never going to find. Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that I that I want, I've, I've got. Um, yeah. Uh, eBay has made the whole thing so much easier. It's just a question of how much money you want to spend. Yeah. I would like it, you know, I would like to complete my collection of NES Black Box games. I'd say I'm 90% of the way there. I think I'm missing five. The five that I'm missing... Uh, are among the most expensive, especially the big box stack up. That's like 400 bucks. Do you so. have Wrecking Crew on your do. wall? Do you have Wild Gum on your wall? I do. I should have brought them over. You could have uh, displayed them. Maybe I'll bring them over later. When it comes to Holy Grail stuff, you know, a lot of stuff we want would be in Europe. There's mm -hmm. also that. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to come across like a, a, a like a Sam Coupe or a, or a uh, MSX right. or something like that where I don't I, I know you can order oh, them, well yeah they, they actually speaking of this is not a game but yeah the Hit Boy MSX um, uh, 
PC. It's cherry red. It's got the built-in oh, yeah. joystick. It looks so good. Yeah, I've seen I, that, that's it. That's the holy grail. Like I'd like to have an FM. I like to have an FM Towns car, Marty. I don't know why. I just like the idea of having that in my huge '70s car. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, I could put a full-size console CRT in there too to play it. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, most of the stuff, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I want anything. And I'll tell you, you uh, listeners and uh, have been very generous to us and have sent us so many uh, games and stuff over the years, including uh, Lionheart, which is would have been way up on my list. Uh, uh, um, so I can't complain. I, you know, I've gotten to the point where it comes to collecting stuff. I mean, I'll pick up almost anything at this point, mm -hmm. but I'm not like... I would like to have the Dragon's Lair I'm missing to have to complete that little collection, but that's just, it's nothing major. Uh, uh, but otherwise, I'm, I'll- you, you don't have a boxed Dragon's Lair? I've got two of them, but I'd like to have, there's, there's a, there was a Dragon, there was a Dragon's Lair, was it Dragon's Lair 2, or there's one I'm missing, it was, it's a real, real rare, you know, that uh, one that, that, that it's hard to find, it, and it's not even that, you know, it's just some kind of crap. It's, it's like the leftover scenes, they cobbled together, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but and none of mine are in like tremendous shape, right? But it's, that's something else. I don't collect. It's not, it's not like you and your boxes. You know, when I was looking up the uh, Wild Gunman and uh, uh, Wrecking Crew prices, you know, those cartridges don't go for jack squat 10, 15 bucks. If you want the box copy, it's astronomical, right? right. You know, and you've got nothing but boxes. Yeah. But you, I mean, well, the, which the, is goofy. The, don't well, get me wrong. The way I mean, that I, you know, and I've talked to you about this before. When I moved to Korea, I needed cash. I knew I'd easily be able to rebuy the carts, yeah. but the boxes I knew would be a tough. You were right. Thing to do. You were right. You made the right call there. Uh, and it's funny to look back. We know, of course, our show ARG tomorrow is going to be on the 1985. I've been looking at what was released in '85, and it really was a uh, um, uh, pretty, I would say, a conservative lineup of, mm -hmm. of tiles. Like they didn't go crazy right. with what they released. They were right. pretty. They weren't anything well, out they, of left field. They had an advantage because the NES had been out for two years already in Japan. And they could they could sort of cherry pick um, because there were a lot of dud games in the early Famicom days. Their early lineup wasn't what I would call hot stuff. So there's, I mean, don't well, get me wrong. If you compare it to any other launch lineup, I mean, oh, twenty three well, games. You're right. It's, yeah. a, you're, it's a valid point. And it, it's a, really at launch, it's the more the merrier and really the quality sort of. Are, and none of them. Well, I don't know about none of it. I'd say the majority aren't garbage. Yeah. Really, games. the only garbage games are the ones that came with Rob. Those were those were no yeah. good because yeah. Rob was no good. Yeah, really. even though Rob looks cool. Yeah, he does. He is him. pretty cool. Though. Yeah. Hey, uh, chat. How are we sent? You want to pull up the chat on your phone? So I, don't have to... I just want to make. I sure. was I was gonna do it, but I was gonna wait until you asked me. I can, when I volunteered to do it, you're like, what? I can, pull it up on your phone, you jerk. I can bring the camera closer. Um, of course, you won't be able to closer. see our full bodies, which I know a lot of you tune into. It really we need the wide lens for for that part of it. Give me a sec. Go ahead and keep going with questions. I can't okay. answer while I'm looking. Um, Rushi asks, what's one game that you've parted ways with in the past and now wish you hadn't been so short-sighted? You have one on top of your head. I want to say, uh, no, I don't have a single game, because most of my single game sales, I, I, knew, I knew exactly what I was getting in. Oh yeah, actually, I've got a, a collection. I sold my boxed Game Boy Advance collection. Mm -hmm. It went for almost nothing. It went for almost nothing. I don't know if I listed it wrong or if it was just a bad day on eBay or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I kept those games for years and years and years in pristine condition. And they were some of my most favorite games like WarioWare and Mario vs. Donkey Kong and stuff like that. 
and when they sold for less than 10 bucks a piece box complete pristine i was i was upset and i knew it was a mistake then and i continue to know that it's a mistake yeah well you know i'll tell you let me i'm gonna try to mute us here um god i'm an attractive man you are you are <laughs> rocking in your chair on your back porch um there are arcade games that really uh, burn hurt me bad those are the ones that come up because those aren't you can't just hop back on yeah. and get those um, and the, what come to mind would be WrestleFest. That was uh, to, to backstep. I had to sell these answers. I was desperate for money, and I had, was leaving town mm -hmm. uh, in Lexington. And my dad was sick. It was bad. No, no good. And I had at one time. I had a WrestleFest four-player WrestleFest. I know a lot of people are like, "Yeah, WrestleFest." What a big deal. It's it, number one. It's a pretty popular cabinet these days. Number two, it was in pristine shape. It was the first thing we ever bought. Was that was that after or before Slam Masters, or is that a totally different company? A totally different company. Okay. And so I had I had one of those. I had a uh, a, a Road Blasters, a, a Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, a Galaga, uh, and a, uh, I had a uh, Time Killers. I had a bunch of. I, I mean, I know again, it's not what people are like. Oh, Time Killers, but I liked it, you know. And a Moon Patrol that I had to get rid of, and a Frogger. All these games, I'm like, man, if I'd only had the money and the space to keep these games, but I just, at the time, I was just desperate, and I let them go for a song, because I was in a hurry, because right. the house was sold, I had to get out of there, and it was brutal, brutal, selling those games, I remember, and this is going to sound real lame, but I mean, just, just almost all but crying over these games as they walked out of my house, and, had, and what was worse is helping help suckers load them into their trucks and stuff, because they wanted them to go. I really liked my little arcade in Kentucky because no one else had one. It was fun. We'd all come over and play, mm -hmm. you know. So that was that sucked. So when I think of games that I've gotten rid of, the arcade, and, and I can't tell you the amount of arcade boards that we owned. We owned all the big boards, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the Mortal Kombat. Uh, we owned all the four-player games, you know, the, all that stuff. We owned all of them. X Men. We had, you know, everything. And so when we got, when we saw, we knew it's, well, at the time we thought these boards are going to disintegrate before they ever pay us back. And me and Brent made the conscious decision to sell them. Um, I, I regret selling sound, uh, our, our original pinball machine, mm -hmm. sound stage, which was a lot of fun, but which is we couldn't maintain it. Mm -hmm. So that's another one I hate to, I hate to get rid of. Really, in terms of video games, I really haven't, I didn't really sell that many. The only ones I really sold that I sort of kind of wish I sold flashback for the Amiga and Speedball too. I bet I sold those the month before we started the show, mm -hmm. ironically. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple. But even if I'd had them, I'd just have them on the shelf with my other ones there. So it wouldn't, it's not a, a hideous, you know. And I got good money for them, too. So I can't complain. I haven't sold a lot of games. Most of the stuff I've got, it probably isn't worth a ton, you know, game-wise. I mean, maybe a few things. I don't know. The Lionheart's worth something. I'm never going to sell that. Right, right. Um, let's see. Uh... What's the first game you can remember single credit clearing in the arcade? Single credit clearing in the arcade. Well, arcade games you don't really don't really clear the air. I mean, well, I mean, like X Men, you could single. Yeah, you know, no, like most of those. There's sorts a zero percent chance. <laughs> I have beaten WrestleFest on, on one quarter, and I've beat. I'd say probably the number one game I remember doing it for being very proud was Matt Mania. Because you can, uh, but I mean, you really you can't clear it. You can actually finish. I'm trying to think one you could actually finish. Now, one that comes to mind is WWF Superstars. I beat that on one quarter. 
So I'd say that would be the one because but there's most arcade games they just keep going forever. Unless it's like Final Fight or something, there's nobody beating out on a quarter. Yeah, I've never cleared. I don't think I've ever beaten aside from beat 'em ups, which you just bring like a twenty dollar roll of quarters and you muscle your way through. I don't think I've ever beaten any arcade game. You could arcade. Be, you could be a lazy this game. Like my, I'm sure Brent could give Light Dragon Slayer a good run for its money mm-hmm. in the arcade. I mean, I don't know about now, but at the peak of his of his powers, mm-hmm. he was real good at Dragon Slayer. He could he could go through and he could beat the dragon. I've never had the ability to. My memory's not good enough, but I'm, I could get pretty far into it. So that's one you could do. But yeah, for the most part, most of the games I like to put in arcade just couldn't be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. If they made a, imagine you were well aware of the, the Spectrum Next. Uh, yeah. If they made an Amiga Next, would you buy it? Um. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, depending. I mean, do we already have an Amiga Next? I mean, we sort of do, don't we? Aren't these high-priced Amigas that we talk about and we don't cover? Mm-hmm. Those are sort of like the Amiga Next, yeah, aren't they? I would say like the the X five thousand and all that stuff. To me, the you know, what is, and really even the, the next, right? What is it? It's a guess. It's a, um, it's a fun, um, limited powered update to a machine that gives you the ability. It's, it's, I mean, it's a clever idea. Let's make something like the original. We'll still have it limited, but we'll add in features that may have came around if they kept going. And it'll give people something to program on, but you'll still... There'll be limitations to keep the game set to, into a certain simple, you know, pattern. Uh, I don't know if I want the Amiga to go down that road. That's okay for the Spectre. Well, I, or I just think that the Amiga, you, you hit the nail on the head. The Amiga mm-hmm. has gone down that road. Yeah. It's all Trevor Dickinson's Amiga. Right, but I mean, it, those aren't made to like, those aren't made to be like limited uh, versions of the previous game with, with a slight evolution. Those are full on, those are modern machines, mm-hmm. which is what you should do right you know i'm not saying what the, i mean you can't make a modern zx spectrum it wouldn't work so what they did was what you can do mm-hmm. it was clever you know the amiga and eh, i don't know if it would work that way yeah. you know to be honest with you uh, so i would say i mean if they came up with something that, listen i'll clearly i'm an idiot if i've got any money that i've cobbled together and no one's stolen from me turned into rubles i'll go for it but i mean they have to be something pretty clever, and those are newer Amigas. I just—I'm not saying they're bad. I just have never got into them. Yeah. You know? They may be the best thing since gummy bears. I don't know. Um, Rushi asks, "Is there ample lodging and convention space in your hometown to host a hypothetical Amiga Hurricane 2021?" No. Yes. Well, I, 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 let me answer this question because I've actually thought about it. Yeah, you did think about okay. having a convention a couple years so, ago. So, uh, the, the original time that I thought about it, the answer was a resounding no. That's true. However, down by the Pizza Hut, they built that new Wingate Hotel that has a huge conference room, a huge bar, and is a pretty hopping place. They, they've got a conference room over at the Wave Pool now as well. That's true, but it doesn't have an adjoining bar and hotel, so when people get drunk, they can't stumble Plus, off I know the bartender over there. There you go. So, so uh, yeah, I am in the uh, in the initial stages of putting something together. You for, are? Yeah. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. Um, so uh, they, now that we have the, the venue, and the venue is close to our homes, and the venue has uh, has drinking, and it has a place where you can crash in a big conference room, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I would love to have. Now, here's my in, in, eternal, immortal fear, though, both. And this was a fear I had when you went to uh, 
Ireland. I thought I told you, and I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned this, like, but I thought to myself, what's going to happen if Boat get he gets on a plane, he drives his car to Philly or whatever, he gets on a plane, he flies to Ireland, he gets off the plane, he gets a cab, he takes it to the place that they're going to have this thing. And again, keep in mind that I didn't know what he was getting into, and you didn't either, really. Yeah. And it's it's a barn or a real shoddy building, and you walk in there, and there's about six guys in there, and they may be having a Mega 600, and they're huddled around, they're playing soccer, they don't know who the hell you are, and don't care. And you came all that way, what are you gonna do? Uh, I would hate for people to, let's pretend, uh, in a miracle world, that people we know flew to Hurricane, okay, as ludicrous as that is, to come to the Amigos Epic Amiga Convention, okay? Mm -hmm. I like that name. Whatever you I'm call keeping it. that. I'm sticking that in my mind. And they get in there, and they say, here's me and you, sort of sitting like we are now, a couple dumb guys, <laughs> right? Sipping on rum, right? And we're and we're playing uh, Lionheart while you yell at me about how bad it is, and that's the convention. <laughs> there's no speakers. There's nothing going on. No one shows up. That sounds great. And so you buy me up. You say you've got like three or four people that paid like two or three grand <laughs> to fly here because they're nuts. And here we are. We've got nothing to offer. That's well, what my worry is. You know that, that what I what, what I plan on doing. I got to hear this. Is I plan on you know uh, actually figuring out how much the venue costs. All right. Can't be that much. Making sure that we sell enough tickets to pay for the venue. Oh, we're selling tickets to this too. Do you not how, understand how Amiga Ireland works? No, I don't. Okay. Because Amiga I Ireland imagine. also sells tickets but, to support the price of the venue. Okay, now understand. But who around here is going to buy tickets for this? No, nobody is. Everybody's going to come here. Listen, man, you've seen Field of Dreams. You know how it is. At the end, you choke, and then the ghost saves you. Yeah. So, well, so <laughs> your plan, I, I, see, there's, I see a couple flaws in this plan. Number one, we just jettisoned three shows. Because you don't have enough time to do them, and you're going to plan a full convention. Listen, listen, it's 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 in the early stages. Yeah, you got to believe in me. You got to believe in me. I'm going to make it happen. Uh huh. All right, Mitsuyama. Oh no, Rushi asks, "Can I play guitar? Guitar is the same thing as a piano, except you hold it like a guitar." Yeah, those are cool. So, uh, I always like those. Yeah, I mean, I could I could pluck out a tune on the guitar, but I'm definitely no Herbie Hancock. That's what about sure. that or Howard Jones? Remember him? Mm -hmm. You don't remember him? No. He sang. Uh, Didn't he play for? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! He was a white British guy with crazy hair, oh, okay. multicolored hair. He sang. Uh, 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 I can't remember the name of the song. He he sang two or three songs that he was a real big keyboard okay. guy, electronic right. guy from back in the day. Uh, but uh, Herbie Hancock, I've never seen him play a guitar. Does he play one? Yeah. Have you heard that song, Rocket? Oh yeah, that was he, a he crazy. Perform, he performs that on guitar when he does it live. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I, you know, it's funny. How, give me Tower Jones. It was, hey, that was the first time I ever bought. Was it? Really? Like, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Wait, that did you buy it on Durant, tape or was it on? Hey, yeah. Duran to that and Duran Duran Arena. And Arena was not. It wasn't what I would call a greatest hits I, album. I haven't heard that album. I've heard Rio. Well, it's just got Ritz. I think it's a greatest hits oh, or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I never liked it that much. Um. Mitsuyama asks, and there are two two questions. Uh, another person asked this too. Right. Uh, let me get the other name here. Did you ever um, drink your ale? I, I did. How I was did. it? It was good. I should have brought a couple. Yeah, you blew it. I um, knew when you walked up here with one, I'm like, he's fun. You don't have a uh, bottle of water in your fridge, do you? Nah, for you. No, I don't have anything for you. Yeah, I'll go get you one. Go ahead and ask the next one. You All right. Um, Pixels at Dawn and Mitsuyama asks, what is your favorite British TV show? Oh, 
Oh, are you just name one? I remember answering this when I wasn't supposed to, with about 50 answers. Right, so try and narrow it down. Right now, my favorite of the day is the Granada Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I love, I love, I love Jeremy Brett. I love him. And I love the Granada show. They spared no expense in the sets, the casting, the uh, uh, everything is beautiful. Some of the dialogue is literally, in fact, a large chunk of it's verbatim from the books. They didn't screw around. They made minor changes for, they, for television, you know, and they made a couple major changes that made sense in the show. I don't know how big a Sherlockian you are, uh, but there, ha there has never been a Holmes like Jeremy Brett. There never will be another Holmes like Jeremy Brett. There's no one in the same ballpark. And this show is what uh, what happens when you have the best actors, the best writers, and the best source material backed by the best sets and the best money. Mm -hmm. You get this show. And this was in the early 80s? This, this was, was an early 80s show, yeah. A tremendous show. It has aged brilliantly as, as it would I'll due to the watch fact it. it's a period piece. Is it is it available on the internet? It's on BritBox. Okay. If you've got I'm down that. with the BritBox. I uh, yeah. Fire that up. I, honestly, and watch it in order. Okay. Uh, now they uh, the first two seasons have uh, a different Watson, and the second, the rest is run. But the the changeover is so seamless, you won't even notice that mm -hmm. the, the two Watsons complement each other quite well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is just a, a and you'll recognize tons and tons of actors that came through there. There it was a who's who. of of the British acting scene of that, of that era. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a tremendous show. And I can I can name, you know me, I can name a hundred other shows I like that are British. Right. Uh, for me, boy, it's tough because I like a lot of a lot of British TV too. Um, I really like for classic stuff, it's hard to go, well classic being like 30 years ago now, it's hard to go wrong with Ad Fab. Uh, I just I'm think surprised that you like that. It, I'm it's so body. I'm surprised that I like it too. It's, but it's, it's just not a boat like or religiously compatible in any way. Right, it's but a, it's it's so good. Like it's such a panache. It's like Spinal Tap. You know, it's like such a send up of like this this group of people. You know, this like fashionista type scene. I just love it. You know, the the chick that played Adina in that. Mm -hmm. What's her name? Uh, I can't. Bond uh, girl, right? Uh, no, not Saunders. Oh, not Patsy. Uh, Adina is uh, Jennifer J Saunders. J yeah, Saunders. Yeah. yeah, first of all, she was on a show called French and Saunders. I don't know if you were watching. Oh, yeah. French and Saunders. Yeah. But she also, uh, she was hooked up with one of the guys that was making Young Ones, and she was actually in the Young Ones, and so was and so was Don French as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny, there's a tapestry of, of British comedy and we mentioned a couple of episodes ago that uh, Abe Edmondson sang the theme. He's credited with singing. He actually appeared on the show one time. He's also in the young ones. And uh, uh, so it's funny how all those things are sort of intertwined. And there's a lot of Avrad that reminds me of young ones. You can tell that they they took that they took the young ones free spirited insanity, a, a, you know, shotgun blast at the camera mm -hmm. style of comedy. And they sort of adapted it to AFAB, and they sort of wrapped this, a more cohesive story around it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But really, if you look at an AFAB episode, and uh, Young Ones is the same way, you sort of would forget what was even the oh, plot yeah. was. It's just a, it's like a scene where Adina and Patsy are trying to get out of the limo. Right, right. That's the scene. Yeah. It's sort of like a Seinfeld the it same is. way. It's very similar yeah. to Seinfeld. Um, modern, you know, like non-sitcom drama, I really like... Um, Andrew Marr did uh, a couple of documentaries. One is called the uh, the Making of Modern Britain, and then there's one just called I think just Modern Britain. Really good histories of like the 
the 20s through the 60s than the 60s through the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that British history, like modern British history, is fascinating. So uh, check that out if you haven't. People watching. We're both. I mean, I think there are more fans of British TV now than there have probably ever been. Oh, yeah. Because when about? we were kids, there were only two or three shows from Britain you ever heard about. You was Benny Hill. Monty Python and Baby Faulty Well, Tally. on Saturday mornings, PBS would play British comedies, and so that's when I started. That's when I saw like Last of the Summer Wine. Are you being served? Well, when I was um, a kid, they didn't do it. What you got from Britain, and again, it was on. You're right, PBS did play it, but what you got mostly was the, like The Good Life. Remember that? I think that was this, or, uh, or uh, but mostly it was like Benny Hill, Monty Python. That's it. That was it, and then. Faulty Towers crept on to and Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I should mention Doctor oh, yeah, Who Doctor always Huge. present there. Yeah, uh, but now uh, uh, and Roy, the first thing I ever saw that Roy got to me was was the young ones, and then you started seeking them out. Yeah, you see, know? in my because I'm ten years younger than you, they'd already left PBS, but Comedy Central picked up all those yeah. shows, and that's when I first saw my Python. Yeah, and Young Ones. That was great. That I, I saw Young Ones was on MTV. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know the British, and there are plenty of shows that have just been like one-offs or two-offs. They only had one series, and they're still. Oh yeah. Like I used to watch uh, uh, Jekyll was one I watched. It was pretty. I thought it was a pretty cool show. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good TV coming out. Of these guys. Now, is it coming out now? And I don't know. Well, I think the, I think you're right, and the British TV is is more famous in the states now than it's ever been. If you look at like the rise of Sherlock and uh, the the thing about the the big mansion, Downton Abbey, like that show's huge. Well, it's, it's one of the around, biggest it's shows. It's been around forever, though. And I, I mean, it's less than ten years old. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's not on anymore. But I mean, all of those, all of those shows, plus the whole like Brit Box thing, has done big numbers. In fact, I remember reading in the Economist where uh, the BBC is making more off Brit Box than they are through like traditional TV licensing in the I UK. Imagine. It's like we're paying a license, right? Fee. Right. You know that Sherlock show? Because you know, I, I like, uh, I love uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous. And I've tried, like, gangbusters to like that show. I tried and tried. But ultimately, it doctor they doctor hooted up. Mm-hmm. And, then for, and it ruined it for me. Yeah, I just can't the, get the into it. The female Watson is what did it. No. Well, I didn't know there was a female, a female Watson. That's, that's elementary. That's, that's an American yeah, show. I, I love Lucy Liu. Yeah. But I haven't, I've never seen that show. Um, so... Um, and then we have a couple questions about whether... Uh, let's see, uh, Rushi and Mitsuyama both ask about uh, if we like the new or the old Bake Off hosts more. <laughs> I haven't watched Bake Off since uh, some unpleasantness here at the house. Yeah. But uh, I love uh, the new hosts. I love them. Now, I do miss uh, Mary who uh, and the old hosts. I did like them. Mm-hmm. They were funny. But the new hosts are gold. Yeah. Uh, what's the dude's name uh, from what's it, the RBC crowd? What's the name of his show? Uh, the Mighty Bush. Yeah. Uh, what's his name again? I don't know. N- Nigel Martin Screlling. No. Anyway, he's the gothy dude from that uh, show the about IT the IT crowd. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was great. Yeah. That's another show. Yeah. <laughs> the, the episode where that chick has the internet on that desk is one of the all-time great moments in television history. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch all this. You know what I'm I, talking about? Oh yeah, because I, I haven't seen him since I was in England, oh, actually. But anyway, that dude, that dude, is a walking wad of charisma. Yeah, yeah. And he's so, and also, he, I love the fact that he doesn't care. Mm. He doesn't care what he looks like. Yeah. He doesn't care if he looks like an idiot. <laughs> he wants you to make fun of. Right. Him. And the right. chick that they've got on there. 
who actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Don French a little bit. Uh, uh, is also she's like good. Danish or something. Yeah, she's yeah, she's, she's uh, very good. Yeah, she's yeah. I, then, I, I I agree with you 100. percent I hit the wall on the baking shows for a while, so I'm, I'll be back. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't because of them; they were gold. So I would go with the new host, but I, I was not happy when they replaced them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I was ready to kill them. And the fact that the fact that they cast that guy was sort of a, I think it was probably sort of a a, a, a ploy, a gamble, uh, trying to be different. But it worked. Right. It worked. Yeah. That guy pulls it off, so that's double, double credit to that guy. Rushi also asks, have you been inspired to start a new fitness routine while in lockdown? Yeah. It's a new fitness routine. It's called eat everything I see all the time. Oh, and then when no one's here, drink as much as I possibly can. <laughs> that's my fitness routine. Don't forget the smoking. <laughs> oh, well, no, that's the first smoke I've had for a long time, but yeah. Um, I was hoping someone mentioned that guy's name on here. Just recently, in the past, since it's gotten, basically my fitness routines circle around whether the weather is nice or not. When the weather is nice, I'm inclined to go out and be active. When the weather is awful, I'm inclined to lay on the couch and do nothing. So now that summer is rolling around, I've been taking walks in the morning, but I would not call that a real brutal fitness routine. Mm. Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes... The Herm, a Herm Firm. A Herm Firm. He asks, what is your favorite cake? Oh, God. Speaking uneaten. of fitness, <laughs> <laughs> uneaten is my favorite cake. Um, you're asking me that. Make me want cake right now, folks. <laughs> I'll um, tell you my least favorite cake. Yeah, what's that? Birthday cake. Oh, Actually, no. I, well, hate, I hate sheet cake. Well, hell, hold the phone now. Hold the phone, but on that. Like sheet cake's okay if you get the good icing. Well, what happens if you is get somebody, that crap icing? Somebody's going to run over to Kroger, yeah. grab something off the shelf, that's and right. it's going to be off. There's nothing wrong with that, folks. First of all, yeah, you. There's nothing wrong with that. They're on the shelf. The deli made. It's not like they just made them and stick them out there for like a month. They're well, brand new cake. It's not. It's not a. I like the birthday cake that has the good icing, the real sweet icing. Mm-hmm. I don't like that sort of other icing. The kind of like. I'm not aware of icing that's not sweet. There's, well, no, they've got they've got like they've got like butter a whipped, whipped butter, like a whipped icing that's. Oh yeah, not that's good. no good. That's you want the, the is, you want the firm. And the thing stuff. is, people love that stuff, and I, they're no yeah. good. No, I, like, I agree. Oh, that I'm other cake is too rich. If it's too rich, go to hell. Right. But you because you're subjecting you. me to this lame cake. Because like you said, the cake is nothing to write home about. Right. It's, the, it's all about, it's the, all about icing. the icing. Big the, wads of it, as much as you can cake on a big flower. The cake is just a vehicle for the icing. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly correct, folks. Uh, in terms of actual cakes, that my favorite cakes, uh, I would probably say it would be like you know I like uh, uh, you know German chocolate cake mm-hmm. is good. Yep. You know you can't go wrong with that one, but uh, just a straight up chocolate cake, chocolate chips in there, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Where do you stand on the Dairy Queen ice cream cake? You know, it's I'll eat one <laughs> clearly, but uh, it's not like I'd rather have a sheet cake. You'd rather have cake. a sheet cake? Okay, interesting. And you know, Baskin Robbins sort of did the hybrid thing. Where yeah. they have the sheet cake with the ice cream on top. I always thought that was nasty. You know, the problem I've the, never trusted that. The problem with those ice cream cakes, especially when you're a day, because when I think of a birthday cake, I've got to supply the sucker, right. and then I've got to make sure it doesn't melt. Mm-hmm. And you've got a bunch of kids there, it's crazy time, yeah. just get the sheet cake. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of a non birthday cake, I also like your ups- pineapple upside down cake. Really? That's some good eating right mm-hmm. there. You ever had that stuff? I, I, I'm not a fan. I don't like that one. Oh, man, I love banana or a Bananas. I love bananas. That's what I like in my pineapple upside down cake. But yeah, cake. My, my like favorite cake it. is the cupcake. Because the cupcake is small, and again, it serves as the vehicle for the icing. Because you've got about 10 inches of icing well, on top so of your So you cupcake. talk about those gourmet right, joints. Right, gourmet cupcakes. Those things cost like 15 bucks. I'm not saying cupcake. they're cheap. I'm saying they're good. 
The thing is, those things are in those, uh, often those cupcakes are in those like display things for like a, 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 a two or three days. Mm. Then you come in there and the ice is all hard, and the yeah. cake's all hard. You're like, man, what about paper? I also like, I like a good cake pop. Have you had a cake pop I before? have. That's no good. You don't like them. Interesting. I want, here's my thing. I know this is going to stun you, but brace yourself. When it comes to cake, it's qua- it's quantity over quality, folks. <laughs> if someone says, listen, you can have this delicious cupcake, gourmet cupcake, or here's a whole birthday sheet cake, even with the bad eyes, I'll take the birthday cake every time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Somebody's grown out, ain't they? Oh, well, yeah. It smells great. We need to meet the, them. Uh, the guy trimming the, the things has gone away, too. Yeah. So everything's yeah. coming it's up pretty up here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Rushi asks, how do you feel about the idea of teenagers being able to get driver's licenses without actually taking a formal test due to the current pandemic scenario? Now, I want to take a crack at this one first. Please. I got my license in West By God, Virginia, over at the Putnam Village. That's right. That's where okay. you go. Yeah. And here's what you do. You get in the car. You, there's a parking lot, okay? And you got the big lots. And you drive past the big lots. You come around by the Halftime Cafe grill and bar. That used to be a Shoney. Yep. You go up the side, and then you park it between two cones, okay? Parallel. You pull back out, yep. right up in front of the DMV. And the guy says, you passed. Congratulations. You've got your driver's license. I guarantee you this is still how today teenagers in West Virginia get their driver's license. They're not missing anything by not taking that test. They're going to be just as safe or dangerous on the road. I would disagree with you here, folks. Teenagers can't drive for crap. All right? In fact, adults can't either. All right? I was just out with the boy today. I'm coming up the road. There's, there's, I'm, I'm in a turn lane to turn left. Mm-hmm. And beside me, this, this is coming out of Gasoline Alley down here. Beside me, here's a lane that's just a void lane. You're not supposed to go in it. Right. Some dude with a Duke Boys colored pickup truck, I kid you not, with the O1 on the side, <laughs> some rebel flags in the back window, yeah. drives up the center lane and just makes a left turn and blows through the red light. Oh Doesn't care. Because when you're in the mystery lane, the lights don't apply. And I told Luke, I'm like, you see this goof right here? And he goes, yeah, I got it. That right there is what's wrong with the country. Because these guys can't drive. They just ran, they're making their own rules. And I'm getting a ticket for a slow roll to a stop. Right. I got a problem with that. I okay. I these suckers need more training. I went to driver's ed, folks. Did you go to driver's oh, yeah. ed? I drove did you go to that, Did you go to that stupid driving Over course at Coca? Yeah. Right. How many times did you go there? Hundreds. Hundreds. In all the different vehicles. Mm-hmm. They need to get these kids lined out. And even when I got out of there, I wasn't ready. No one's ready, you know. And these people can't drive. They're screwing up the highway. So, no. I don't think that you get their license. Suck it up. That's what I say. He also asks... Um, what was the first racing video game that you played where you truly felt an immersive sense of speed? Pole position. Was it also the first racing game you played? No. God, no. Did you play Super Sprint? I played Turbo, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Pole position, you had the, and I'll tell you, the next one in line was probably something like an Outrun. Those ones where you had the wheel. I mean, one thing about uh, Outrun, you got that feedback that was awesome. I remember from walking up the arcade machine and seeing it play itself, I was like, that's is there cool. a ghost here? Yeah, what did yeah. God's name happen? Because we were naive fools. I remember, I told you, I was a man. I couldn't believe a tape deck worked. I was right. stunned. Like, well, what's making that noise? You know. So, but pole position, you got in that seat. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool. You really felt like you were in a race car. You know. So I would say pole position. What about you? For me, I never. Uh, the only time I ever saw pole position was upright. They had it over at the pipe stem down there in the, uh, in the lodge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. The, uh, but uh, it wasn't, and I, I mean, at that point, I played pole position on the Atari. It was, it was nothing not big. It was nothing big. 
the first time that I saw Daytona USA over Rock Lake, that was the first time I was like, man, this is super cool. I love this. That's a good game. Yeah. yeah. That's a good game. You know, uh, uh, my buddy up in Charleston had four or five of those things, and we used to get in there and play them. You know, they had them all linked oh, yeah. in his arcade. Yeah. And uh, that, it was Wade. Wade? No, yeah, it was Wade, yeah. actually. Gosh, I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my buddy down in uh, Mark down in Buffalo, he's got a set up, but he's got like Daytona. You know, those those games are hard to get rid of. Sometimes I see them pop up for sale, and nobody nobody wants them. It'd be cool to so, have like three or four of them. Yeah, that. they're so big fun. though. You gotta yeah. have a wall, a yeah. dedicated wall. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, this one's for you, Aaron. All right, who's your favorite Doctor Who companion and why? Ace. That's easy. That's an easy Ace? one. Ace. Is that a, is that a she lady? was Sylvester McCoy? Yeah, she was Sylvester McCoy's. Uh, companion, uh, when he did his time as the Doctor, I think he was the seventh Doctor, uh, I believe. Uh, I love and, and McCoy's arguably my favorite Doctor with uh, Tom Baker. Wait a minute, Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, he was also Bones. In, no, what? Isn't that Bones? No, name? McCoy was named. No. What's What's McCoy's first name? Uh, Bones. <laughs> no, <laughs> Leonard, Sylvester. Leonard McCoy. Leonard McCoy. Yeah. You're making that up. No, it is. Sylvester McCoy played was in uh, uh, the the Hobbit movies. He played the the the, what, the brown wizard or whatever guy. Uh, was. Radagast. Radagast, yeah. Uh, but uh, I love Sylvester McCoy. But Ace, the 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 interplay between Ace and him, McCoy, where it's awesome because it was the only Doctor Who where it was a it was a student teacher relationship, almost like a, almost like a Jedi thing, mm-hmm. where Ace was this sort of Doctor out of control kid. I mean, really? Who was? And, and she was also becoming a woman, and she was. But she was rough and tumble life out in the, you know, out in the void, and she and she was not stupid, but she was, you know, she was out of control, mm-hmm. and she and he kept her in line and also taught her things. And she, on the flip side, Doc, like uh, uh, McCoy couldn't beat up anybody. Mm-hmm. Like he was the by far the wimpiest doctor. It's not like today the doctor's sword fight, he's throwing <laughs> grenades or whooping. Even the old guy was killing. This guy couldn't beat up nobody. He was, except for maybe the first doctor, he was the weakest. So he had Ace who could carry around explosives. And he'd be like, Ace, you know, did you bring any Nitro 9? Yeah, here, blow that guy up, blow this guy up. So that she was his muscle, which I always thought was great. But even she didn't, she was like, he should kill a bunch of people. But they would think their way out of situations, and he would, and there would be a lesson learned. And she didn't even call him the doctor, she called him the professor for the whole run. I loved it. It was their relationship was great, and they didn't always have the best episodes, but they were the best, best. So I think her name was Sophie Adler. I think was her name. She's a great, great actress too. So there you go. Uh, I'm guessing that you've never been to a location where an episode of Doctor Who has been filmed. No. But is there one that sticks out that you would specifically like to visit? Does that include like fictional ones? <laughs> you can answer however you like. <laughs> I would like to go to Gallifrey, What's uh, that? frankly. That's that's where Doctor Who's from. Are all of them from there? Yeah. Are they like well, Doctor, citizens? They're of all Gallifrey? the same guy. You think about it. They're just they're the same guy. They just I have don't different... understand how Doctor, Doctor Who. Doctor Who when he, is it like Green Lantern? No. When he dies, uh, he he uh, basically turns into the next Doctor. It's the same guy. He just has different. Why just... do you think they did it that way? Well, initially convenience, but eventually it became something cool because they could just you know it's sort of like Bond. He said Bond doesn't have anything. There's no right. rhyme or reason right. to it. Uh, but uh, in terms of where they've been on Earth, uh, I think about this for a minute. Well, I'd like to go to London, frankly, if you want to do it. Be, it'd be fun to go there. Uh, so that, that would be kind of neat. Uh, uh, but uh, 
But yeah, if I could pick a fictional place, it'd be some like Gallifrey. Gal yeah. Um, this is a good question, right? From our boy Duncan Styles. When was the last time that you felt you were taken for a mug, full or con? I'll answer this one first. All right. Every time I buy a vehicle, I feel that I've been mugged, con, and because it's true, because I know I have. Yeah. The guy's laughing. Um, and you have to. You just have to submit. Right. Right. You were all submissives when it comes to that. You just have to take it. That's right. So that every time I buy a vehicle, I, I get that feeling, and it's not a good feeling. Well, aside from my recent conning, the most recent one, where I got taken to school by the Russians, I uh, I learned a dumb guy lesson one time on eBay, where I negotiated. You know, I love to negotiate outside the protective realm of eBay. Back in the day, I was the ultimate cowboy. I used to do it all the time, mm -hmm. especially when I was selling stuff. But on occasion, I would I, I would I would lose an auction, and I would email the guy and say, "Listen, if this guy blows it, you know, I'm your boy." Mm -hmm. And then we would negotiate outside of eBay, mm -hmm. and it happened all the time and you could get real good deals on stuff and you could also if you're a seller you could sell you could use one auction to sell 10 items because mm -hmm. I would I, when I was bootlegging videotapes uh, I would sell uh, you know to everyone that bid right and then I would cut them a deal oh, yeah. you know and one time this guy was selling an Xbox what was it I can't remember it was an Xbox or an Xbox 360 this is way back and uh, I was like uh, I, I emailed this guy this is about, and also now you can't do it Back in the day, you could, you had your email address, and uh, or I'd message him. And I said, "Listen, can we work something out?" Maybe, we, and, and so we worked out a deal. And I and I sent this guy. I mean, and this was a stupid move, but I'm the trusted sort. I sent this guy money before I got the product, and I never heard from him again. It was like hundred, I remember it was like hundred thirty bucks. It, you wouldn't think about it now, but it burns me oh, up. Yeah. I hate when I get conned. You know, I got actually I, that happened to me. The only time that I've ever gotten conned on an online auction was. I was really into buying magic cards, and when I started sort of like teaching, now, yeah, and uh, and so I was always on the lookout for good deals, and so I started hanging out over at the Yahoo auctions because stuff would go for uh, for cheaper, and uh, I sent this guy. He's like uh, Mox Emerald, you know, one of the most expensive cards in Magic. He's yeah. like two hundred bucks. Send me a money order, and I was like, boy, this seems a little shady. Yeah, send him a money order. Like, I got the receipt back in the mail somehow that he'd signed it. Didn't get the card. Yeah. There's no, no, no recourse. So. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, and, and the thing is, when that happens, all you can do is feel like an idiot. Right. Because it was my fault. You know, you know? yeah. And so. And so, but I mean, I will say, I mean, given the people I know, I'm not saying they're all morons or losers, but that I've gotten taken a lot less than most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say, uh, uh, yes, I do. I've done some shady deals, but I've always been honest in my shade. Mm -hmm. Just like, hey, they know why I like Minder so much. The exact same reason. I, I, I had a lot in common with those guys. Uh, Pixels of Dawn asks, after listening to Brent's tale of woe, what's the worst pain you have ever experienced? You want to feel this one right Sure. Away? I know right away. Yeah. So I used to mow my trombone professor's lawn yeah. at OU. And he was having some construction done. And um, earlier in the day, there had been rain. And uh, and I slipped. And the lawnmower went down the hill and put a huge scratch in my buddy's car, who I'd driven over there. I'd driven his car over there to mow his lawn. So I was like, oh, this is a bad day. I'm going to have to pay for the scratch. Yeah. Well, then I'm mowing his backyard. And he's got all these, you know, construction's going on. He's got all these boards and stuff in the backyard. So I'm going along. All of a sudden, boom. 
step on a board that's got a nail sticking up out of it. Yeah. Right, right. through the foot, Home Alone style. Yeah, yeah. And so not only did I scratch up my buddy's car, but I had to uh, step on a nail. And the pain of stepping on a nail wasn't the bad, that wasn't the bad part. It was when I went to the emergency room, they said, we're going to have to reopen the wound to clean it out. Yeah. And then they got in there with the, it was like some sort of reverse uh, crucifixion type thing where they're, they're, they're pounding the nail in to get the stuff out. <laughs> it was, and it was an inverted stigmata. Right, exactly. And I, I felt like Braveheart at that point. Yeah. And into that movie, you talk about you're a squeamish guy. Uh, I, I was like, man, yeah. this is no good. No, no, I, I, I don't ever. I've shut. never watched it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been very fortunate to not break any bone. I'm going to break one right now. I don't know what around. Uh, but uh, um, you know, I have had some. I at one time had a really horrible ear ache. I mean, really bad. Like that went on for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a pain. That's that kind of the pain that gets me is a kind of pain that just don't go away. You have to just suck it up. It's incessant. And yeah. and and it, sometimes even other people don't know you're suffering. Mm-hmm. That one time during the Amiga thon where I was in mega pain, uh, that sucked too because I was trying to. It, that's real hard when you get a job to do, and you and you just have to suck it up. What year was that? It was a couple years ago. It was the one before last. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I, I think I like to think I've got a pretty high threshold of pain, but maybe I just haven't gotten hit with anything so painful that. It, so yeah, I, I hope I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Lobsterminator asks, getting back to uh, Amigo Amiga Convention 2021. Oh geez, that name sucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? Rolls off the top. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I would go with at least 21. I don't see it happening to 20. If Amigos from faraway lands came to Hurricane as visitors, what would you show us of your city? Well, there, we don't have a city. So there's that. You, what are you talking about? The door is angry that you insulted Hurricane. You must have closed it all the way. So we don't live in a city, for starters. We live in what you would probably consider a village or something. I don't know, I don't yeah. know how that. How does that work over in Europe? They, they got different rules over there. I don't know. I don't know. Because this ain't a city. This ain't even a town. No. Yeah, I, I guess it would be a village over yeah. there. Uh, so here's if you were to take a trip to Hurricane. First uh, of all, you would never call it that. You would never call it that. But you would then be taken in the surrounding area to sightsee. You wouldn't, because, I mean... Listen, man, you're selling the city short. What would you show them in a hurricane? What okay. would you show them? First of all, breakfast at Tudor's Biscuit Board, right? Which is overrated. It's basically... No, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy biscuit. I mean, it's not that big a deal. I'm just waiting to see if the umbrella blows Yeah, I've been, I've been keeping a close eye on it. Yeah. Okay. Then, okay, I guess you do have to leave. You do have to leave Hurricane. You have also, to that's not a sight. What? Every place has some kind of good restaurant. It's a historic site. No, it's not. Those tutors are all over the place. There's hundreds of those things. So what else you got? Okay. Then you go, well, I guess you do have to leave Hurricane. Uh, yeah, what, what are the other sites in Hurricane? In Hurricane? Historical or otherwise? Okay. You got the, um, we could take them, you know, Hurricane has the, the new crop of many storage facilities. The A to Z. We could take them to all the places that used to be real places but are now mini storage. And really, the real places were grocery stores. You take them over to A to Z. You take them over to the old Red Roof Inn. It's now a mini storage place. You can tell tales about those sorts of things. They're garbage. You just made my point. If you were to come to town, you would get, and there, there are, really, you have two options that are fairly local, right? They're, they're grilling out right there. Uh, you've got, we could take you towards Huntington slash Point Pleasant. Or you could go towards Charleston mm-hmm. slash, you know, cross lane. Now, when you get to these places, there are things to see. Uh, if you went to Charleston slash cross lanes area, 
there are uh, there are a couple of Indian burial mounds up there that are interesting. You probably aren't going to see that sort of thing in, in South Charleston. Uh, you uh, uh, well, there's one in there's one in uh, there's one in uh, in St. Albans as well. There's two there. There's a there's a in the park there at the right where you you work right beside one. There's an Indian burial mound right there beside State College. Um, really? Oh yes, yeah, both. Uh, listen, see, he lives here. He didn't know about the burial mound. Uh, you could also go to say, I mean, Hawk's Nest and uh, 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 Cathedral Falls. And stuff. They're not that far. Canal Falls, they're not that far away. They are, but they're not that far away, but they're not really that close either. They're talking like an hour. I mean, you're going to go an hour. Right, an hour each way. That's right. Uh, if you're going to go towards the Point Pleasant side of stuff, you can see Chief Cornstalk's uh, National Park, uh, local of your state forest. You can see all the stuff that's in Point Pleasant, the Mothman stuff, which is probably... That's probably the way I would probably go. You could go to Huntington. There are some historical things to see there, some interesting things, or clubs or whatever. But I mean, basically, I guess what I'm saying is, if you come, if you come to Hurricane to visit us and you expect a, a whirlwind tour of Oscars, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. I feel like you're selling the Milton Flea Market short. I hate the meat. Well, listen, the Milton Flea Market blows. You know it. Well, it's not been the, the same for years. But. There's a lot of people in Europe that would have never experienced anything like We could get to the Hillbilly market. Flea Market in an hour. Is it better? It's the Hillbilly Flea Market, okay. dude. Okay, I see that. Are you kidding me? Okay. So, there are things to see and do. Remember when you went to Ireland, it was like the world's oldest pub, right? right. Bam, it's just right there. We don't have anything like that. No. We don't, you know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the world's most unemployed people here. The world's the world's most unemployed coal miners here. You know, even if you want to go to a coal mine, we have to go to Beckley. That's yeah. a, that, that's a couple that's hours, yeah. right? So everything here it takes forever to get to anywhere. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Paul, aka Hermsky, writes, "What game did you dread reviewing the most?" Sim Life is a immediately pops into my head um what about you i think um sim life definitely um i really had qualms a long a, 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 i know what you're gonna say elite because <laughs> yeah. we always talked about that but that i wanted to do that like what the fourth or fifth episode like we gotta do elite yeah you're like uh, we had we had it scheduled and both like we're not doing this. Really, any we're never game, doing this. Any game that requires a major consulting of the instruction manual, I get I get nervous about because I'm always worried that I'm going to miss some important plot point and miss what's fun about the game. Uh, you know, for Sim Life, and we both did this. We had to watch a tutorial, right? Just to get the and, and well, I had to do that with Elite also, Elite Two. Yeah, uh, uh, but even Elite was I mean, Sim Life. Is just, it's just you look at all these. You're just like, yeah, gee, it's Christmas, yeah, it's, you know, we're going to manual, yeah. and it's the one thing you can be like, well, you can look the manual up the PDF, that ain't the it's same, brother, the same. you can take that to can and study exactly. it. Exactly, it's not there laying on your desk spiral bound. So, but those those are instantly come to mind, and then when there's been a lot of games, I mean, there's always games I'm trepidation about, I mean, all the time, anything that, like, any of the role-playing stuff, or the, or the, like, Dungeon Master, I didn't want to screw that one up, I, I didn't want to screw up, uh, uh, you know, because I hate when we do something really dumb. And I always go back to the same one, but Super Super Stardust. I always I feel like a, a total jackass every time I miss mention. There's been a bunch. I'm just like, man, we just didn't do a freaking job on this, or we didn't get some stuff. We're just not good enough, you know. Like Traps and Treasures, I wasn't very good at it, but at least I got to see the whole thing, you know. And I got to see, and, it, and I can't just watch somebody play it. I mean, I got to get in there, you know. So, but yeah, there there've been plenty. I mean, it, I'd say almost every month there's something hideous. 
that, that I get scared of. Yeah. Um, he asks a lot of Spectrum games, by the way, mm-hmm. that scared the crap out of me because those are sort of archaic and complicated, and we don't have the manuals, and we have no idea what the keyboard setup. So mm-hmm. that's when you really got problems. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what game changed your opinion the most, for better or for worse? So what game did you come around either to or away from after reviewing? you want to build this one first? Um, probably all of the... The first time that we did, I think it was Dungeon Master, was the first dungeon crawler that we did. And I didn't have any opinions about dungeon crawlers. I'd never played them before. And I thought, boy, well, maybe this is going to be something that I can really get into. Maybe this is, I, I can transport myself mentally back to when these games were, were, were a big deal. And I will see what other people saw. And no, no, I still can't do that. I still don't see the fun and moving one block at a time through a dungeon that looks exactly the same with the exact same textures. Fighting monsters that have no animation, like, man... It's the worst. It's the dirt worst. It's the worst genre that's ever been created that probably will ever be created. What was the question again? Uh, what game changed your opinion the most? So that one didn't change your opinion at no, all? No, no. Well, I had no opinion going in, and my opinion was really jacked in the negative direction afterwards. I'm trying to think if there's been a game that I played I just couldn't believe it, how much I thought it was awesome. Um... I'll say, gosh, I have to think about this for a minute. There have been a couple Spectrum games. I was just like, man, this is going to go down hard. And then I ended up liking them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, actually, a lot of Spectrum games were like that for me. Like Chaos comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you talk about, and you know that is not my kind of game. <coughs> and right. so to I a, would say for a positive example, it would be Chaos. For yeah, sure. Chaos. I, and, and here, again, we're on the Spectrum. I'm looking over this game trying to ascertain what in God's name I'm looking at. You know, what am I doing? And then it's one of those games where slowly you're like, oh, yeah, man. Right. Uh, uh, covert, covert Affairs or whatever. Covert was Ops. Covert Ops. Mm-hmm. The one that Covert game we did was a game where I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then I was like, oh, boy, this yeah. is actually pretty good. Yeah. But I don't know if there's a game that I didn't – I didn't. I would say probably Chaos would be one where I was out – where we went into it, I was like, this is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get screwed. We're going to be like idiots. Right. So I would say that would be the one that comes to mind instantly. But I'm sure I can pull up some better examples if I had the time to think about it. Uh, Chris Folds asks, What do you wish you had known when you started the podcast? I don't... I, what, you got anything on that? I, you know, I, I read over these questions before we started. And I was thinking, I, I actually... I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And... I really think that I wish that I'd known more. Actually, yeah, this is an easy question. I wish that I'd known more about how audio production works and how to get good sound without spending a lot of money and going through 18 million different mic setups. And we should have never tried to green screen at your pad either. No. This it, yeah. Just because of where you had it. Yeah. I've learned that the hard way when you're trying to bring it up. You know, here's the thing about this book. Anything we would have known. Um, I had, you've got to understand that when we started the pod, come in. Okay, hold on. Hold on, someone's at my fence. Put half of a big pizza. 
Hey, we're, we're streaming live the, all over the world, Dad. We do like to have a big pizza. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank Sorry you. How'd you know we were here? Cars? <laughs> Are you going to tell me? Yeah, yeah, right there. You're doing good. You want to say hi to everybody? No, just eat your pizza. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> pizza break. We'll, we'll say this for later. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, a podcast. How funny! So when we started the podcast, we had no ex- we didn't know what we were we didn't know we were even started a podcast. Really, I don't know right. if we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, in a way, it was good that we didn't we didn't know anything because I feel like if, if we would if I would have gone into it knowing the way that I view the podcast landscape today, I would have probably not even bothered. I haven't even I haven't I, well you know I knew from Chain Show what the, and I of course was listening to some podcasts. Oh yeah, I was a huge podcast guy. I had a podcast before we started doing the podcast. Well, I wasn't a huge podcast guy, but I, because there wasn't enough come up that I enjoyed. There's a lot more now, but uh, uh, I I don't think I've learned anything, and I don't think I do anything differently because I we don't know we don't know what we're doing. We, I mean, every day now we are we better at like OBS or better with microphones we were yeah and boat's always been the king dong he's good at getting you know getting the discord going and getting all that stuff going i i I think i think that's probably what i would have done from the get-go it would you know one of the things is like slack and discord just didn't exist yeah but i would have done more to cultivate a community early on um and uh because i think that that's that's the that's the part of the show that i love the most and um and if we could have, if we could have gotten those people involved earlier on, uh, to, to do more to participate, and we sort of did that even early on. We did those interviews with it, like Paul Shaw and all those guys. But really, just uh, trying to trying to make a place for people to be. But again, the the rise of Discord sort of came along at the right time because that's a tool that is so much better than your average forum. You know, the instant action. Of Discord is is something that's really cool. You know, I probably if I was gonna, you know, when we originally started doing the show, actually, it didn't occur to me until about fifty episodes in. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, fifty episodes in, it's still a, a good ways in a year in. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I thought to myself, you know, we're really, and we never really sat down and said, okay, here's our format. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. I mean, and the thing is, we've tried to do that. And I think we're probably more formatted now than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. But, but we, but we, we've got a bad habit of, well, especially back in those days, we just would. We got to a point where we got so comfortable doing the show that we just didn't care about, right. was, which was not good. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, so, and probably I would say, you know, get a, a format early on. I mean, if you look at like, a, I listen to a show like Pixel Gate. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a show I listen to. That's a newer show. Right? Those guys had a format right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and they had all their little segments, and they've got little theme songs for them and all that stuff, which we never did any of this. I mean, you've had you know, Amiga News right. or something I made like that. bumpers and stuff. And then we never used them, and I didn't miss them. It's right. a sad thing. Right. So I don't know what that well, means. Well, what it means just, is, you know, there were whenever you start something like this, there's there, you, you realize what your podcast is and what it is not. And what our podcast is is totally conversational. We're just two guys talking about games. Yeah, we're not, I mean, you watch, I mean, I listen to, I wrote a podcast or one day, but most of what I watch is YouTube videos, mm-hmm. right? And we are not Retro Man Cave or uh, LGR. Yeah. We, those people are so far beyond us that I can't understand how they could possibly do what they do. I have no idea what mm-hmm. they do, you know. And we've dipped our toe in the pool, you know. But you can see, like, expert, like, you see Neil 
do a computer tear down and cleaning. Then you see me do one, which involves me sitting in front of a computer for an hour and a half playing mod files and just looking like a jackass. <laughs> because there's a there's a talent gap there. Right. All right. But when it comes to talking for hours on end for no good reason, that we can do. Because we're that's why we're I guess that's why we went into podcasts and not yeah. in videos. But that yeah. doesn't stop us from making videos. No. Hell we'll do that too. No. And the thing is, and the, the the reason why I think that this show has lasted where so many other podcasts have fallen by the wayside is that we're doing something that we would do normally for fun anyway, you know? Yeah. We we got together and talked about games long before we had the yeah. podcast. I was sitting there when I was playing Amster and Donkey Kong the other day, I was thinking to myself, uh it was it was right after we finished the show Friday, mm-hmm. and I was like I was like no one would believe that after I did this <laughs> that I would sit down and play Amsterdam Dunk Up, but that's what I, because that's what I did right you know right. Um, Chris has a question about grilling. He says, okay. do you clean your grill after each use, or do you believe that the remains of barbecues past add to the flavor? I don't clean my grill after each use. I know boat now boat has a hard. He's fully against this. Boats, in fact, Boat got so mad at that one time. He came over and cleaned my grill after he'd used it like a, like a goop. I grilled out um, two nights ago, and I have not cleaned the grill. Uh, it's, there's still ash. And, and one reason was it was just too hot to do it that night. You had to wait a while. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then absolutely. it rained yesterday, so I haven't, haven't cleaned it yet. But I generally try to keep it fairly clean. And I've got a cover, thankfully, that goes over it. So the outside of it's preserved quite nicely. Uh, I, unlike boat, I always use foil on the grill, uh, uh, which that helps preserve the actual grill section, you know, to a certain degree. Uh, but uh, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a huge grill guy, uh, and I've only done it this few times this year. Just, just why not? I had leftover charcoal, you know. You grill out a lot more than I do. I, I do. Think. I grill out a lot more, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've got a gas grill. Because yeah. charcoal grill, it just it's it's a lot more involved in getting it going. You know. I've picked up the secret. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have. Yeah, I mean, even if you do it perfect, though, I mean, you're, it still takes longer well, for what, it to heat what up. I, what I start doing is, if I'm going to grill out for, mm-hmm. like, a lunch or a dinner, right. I, I start the charcoal going about four hours yeah. ahead. Oh, yeah, you got to just ahead. And the thing is, I learned that once you, just, once you get that grill going, you just leave. Mm-hmm. I just shut the thing up, and I go out and do my work, sure. and then when I come back... All of a sudden, the, you're good to go. Right. Then you, bam, you lay the food down. You're ready. Yeah. If you if you come out like, and I can do it the other way too, and come out and just get the grill going, and you can get the food on there quick. But you're that's a lot more work. You're getting the lighter fluid on there, and you're mm-hmm. getting trying to get the thing hot enough to where your foods, you know, you get it grilled up. I'm lucky this grill's really good. I can lower and raise the grill yeah. surface. That mm-hmm. helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with gas, I don't like the way gas makes the food taste. I've never been a big fan of gas. I can tell a difference. Okay. Also, okay. you know the match like charcoal. I can't. No, I can't. I can tell the difference. I don't like the way the food okay. tastes. I'm not, I'm can not, you, I'm, but can you tell the difference? The, the propane is a colorless, odorless gas uh-huh. when it, it burns completely clean. I can so tell the difference. You, I, I'm not. This is like one of these. Like this is like the know, vinyl. Thing. This is like the but vinyl. So you thing. can't. I mean, I thought everyone could. You, you can't can, tell the difference. If you, if you cook with charcoal, your food is definitely going to taste like it was cooked on charcoal. Yeah. It's going to taste smoky. But food cooked on propane isn't going to taste like gas. It's maybe that's the, like maybe propane. that's what I t- maybe the taste of part propane is no taste. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So I agree with you. I mean, all things being equal, I would rather have charcoal grilled food. But I am I, I like being able to just walk out, hit 
hit the ignition button, throw food on there, and go. You will so. agree with me that the match light, the charcoal with the pro, that the lighter stuff built in makes the food taste weird. You know, I haven't, I haven't had enough match light charcoal yeah. food to, I to tell. But I, 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 I could see that. Because you can. know me, I'm the, I'm the guy that's a path of least resistance, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, match light, we'll use it. And every time I get it, I regret it's it. I'm like, okay, yeah. and so I will go the extra mile and not use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Now we're still going on these, huh? We've got, we got a couple more, just a couple more. Frodo asks, if you were able to completely erase one computer or console from history, which one would it be? I know this without a doubt. What do you got? The Amiga 500. The 5? The 5. Why the 5? I would take that out completely, and I would say, okay, you want to upgrade from your 1,000? Here's a 2,000, and I would, I would make the 2,000 what the... I would have... I would actually, you know what I would have done. I, I, okay, I'm listening. Is I would have, I would, I, I'm still dropping the 500. Okay. The 500 is the worst. It's the dirt worst. It's because the RF out is what you don't like. It's the RF out. It's the fact that it didn't come with enough RAM right out of the box to do anything. You know, the first edition 500, not the well, 500 plus. The 1000 had less RAM than that. Well, yeah, because the 1000 was the first machine. Well, I'm just saying. But go ahead, um, I'm listening. I, I would have put out. I would have put out something akin to the six hundred, yeah. and I would have put out uh, the, the uh, either the two thousand or the three thousand. You know, so you have. I'm a big proponent, and this is, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the things that Steve Jobs did when he came back to Apple, but the thing that I agree with him most was that he said, okay, we're not going to have sixteen million different types of computer anymore. We're going to have two laptops and two desktops. We'll have a pro model laptop and a regular laptop. Same thing with the desktops. That's what the Amiga should have done. Here's your big box Amiga. Here's your mini Amiga. The mini Amiga doesn't have the only thing that the mini Amiga doesn't have is the expansive the expansion uh, capabilities of the big box Amiga. That's what you get with the big box Amiga. Make the choice easy for the consumer, and the consumer will reward. You. Well, the problem is if you take the five thousand five hundred out of that mix, there is no low end consumer model. No, you replace it with the six hundred. The six hundred didn't come. The technology and that's what is much older than the, the so it wouldn't have, you couldn't just fit it in there it was it was it was years ahead of the five well it came out years ahead it wasn't technology it wasn't well, it had technology like PC, wise it had PCMCA, slot, it had the that was useless not at the time at the time those were a, a, listen you were trashing the PCI but there's something this there is why something. we can't have talk no, there was something I am. Uh, Again, we're talking about time travel. So right. from the get-go, this is ridiculous. You're, I'm saying, you're not wrong. But, I mean, if we're going to do that, let's just say let's put the 1200 where the 500 was. And it'd be, you know, if, we're going to, if we have time, sure. the ability to bend time. I, I prefer the 600 to the 1200. Well, the 1200 obviously has more advantages than the 6. Um, the, the, the 020s worth it, you know, the difference right there. I guess if you played um, that 1% of the game is the benefit. Oh, no, no, there's way more than that. I guarantee you There is you way do. more I than that. I guarantee you no more. You load up Wing Commander on the 600 and come at me with a smile on your face. You load up the Wing Commander on the 1200 and come at me with a it's smile on your runs face. okay. Yeah, it runs okay. So, I'll have to ponder this for a bit because the first thing that came to my mind... Well, I'll tell you if we're if if it wasn't if it wasn't limited to consoles or computers, the first thing I would do was get rid of whatever like the uh, the original uh, uh, what was that what was the uh, original music player that, that Apple had that everybody whipped Gaga over that was the idea the iPod yeah I'd get rid of that how could you not remember the name of the iPod? I can't because I'm not an Apple guy but whatever would cause Apple to not run everything I would get rid of that that would be great but I can't do that so. The, the second thing that came to my mind was the Coleco Atom, <laughs> because it ruined Coleco. That's true. Coleco, that's, a good, that's a good choice. The, the ColecoVision was a was a competent, mm -hmm. 
uh, 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 console that played great games. And so when you when you release that ad, I mean, it killed. It not only killed the, the whole line of the click, it killed the whole company. Dead, 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 dead. So that one comes to mind as one I would like to see because I like Coleco. They had a, they, yeah, they had a actually, good, I, I I bow down to that answer. Well, that's that's the answer but I mean, I thought about it. I'm like, listen, you could say the same thing about the Aquarius, yeah, but, which was I mean, guards, but, but I mean, I don't Mr. think Hell wasn't was exactly it. right and high. That's right, and really, the thing is, even without the um, without the Adam, Coleco may have went down strictly on the basis of the of the fall. Okay, um, the uh, it, so. In terms of just if we focus strictly on the Amiga, you know, uh, I agree with you to a certain degree. The 500 was was a uh, was a hassle. You know, I mean, there are plenty of things. I, I mean, it still it was their biggest seller. So to say to get rid of the biggest selling Amiga, even just because you don't like it, I feel I feel like that's. I mean, I understand why you don't like it because it's 2020 and it's a pain in our butts to try to use it. We try, we struggled with it mightily. But I can't comfortably get rid of that. One. Well, that's fine. Uh, so uh, uh, I don't think there's any cons. I don't think there's any computer in the Amiga line you get rid of it to save the company. I don't think there's anything. No. Okay. No. So I'm going to probably go ahead and say just just because I'm a selfish man, I will say the Coleco Adam. But I don't know if that saves Coleco or not. But it doesn't. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> that's for darn sure. All right, um, Paul. We got two more questions. Okay. Paul, aka Hermsky, writes. Please talk us through how much time, preparation, post-show tech, and research that goes into each of your shows. Well, I can I can tell you my side of it. Okay. And and, and I've always Boat has been the man on on the other shows when it comes to the production and the of course the reading, getting everything ready because we taper at his place and I and I do ARG and I've done ARG since he left, which was. What, episode 14 or something like that. Oh no, we did much more. Did we do more than that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what number we're on now. 112 or something. So, uh, uh but a, a given week, let's just say it's a, a normal week before we lost these shows. We would we would find out the games. Normally, we'd find them out. I usually would find them out when Boat told me on the show. Now, I may have had the ability to find out what they were before that. But I usually don't look because I don't. It spoils it for me. And then. I will probably start looking into the games on Monday. Usually I, the weekend, because I've got to do ARG on Sunday, and Saturday I usually run around with my buddies or something when I can. So I don't use, and then I'll spend, I'll just try to get the games in whenever I can during the week, and then I do all the research uh, when I can uh, on breaks and stuff at work, and, and do and do all, and we, so I go through and research, and, I, and Bo, it's not like Bo doesn't do any research, he researches them too. Now we both research the games. I don't know. Both has different mythology when he does comes to hit the way he does that stuff. But I, I'll go through and and, and do, write down. I have a bunch of notes that I have to print out. Always more than I ever use. But you never know when you, I've gotten caught my pants down. I'm like, man, I didn't have enough information on this game. I look like a jerk. So I'm super paranoid about it. And I've got a structure. And I keep all my stuff on Google Notes or Google Docs so I can get access to it. And then when we come to the when we, it's time to record, uh, normally when we get a boats. I'll come in and boat will generally just be chilling. He'll, he'll just got home from work or whatever. We go down there and put the chairs in front of the desk and stuff, and then in front of the wall. And then boat will rig up whatever cameras and stuff. Every once in a while he'll be ready to go, but or even sometimes if I'm late he'll already be going. Uh, but uh, and then once the show's over, uh, I head home. I've got to rush home because my kid is waiting, and they're usually I'm waiting for dinner. Now I have because I've got a lot of like parental responsibilities that I've 
take care of during, during the week. So I'm always in a hurry. And that's when Boat really has to kick it in. He's got to uh, he's got to do any editing on the shows, which hopefully we don't have The only any. time we ever do editing is when either of us says something real, real dumb. Yeah, well, so, it has to be epically like, dumb. Yeah. Or we have a big throwdown on the right. show or right. something. And or I mean, there's been our technical issues. Yeah, yeah. You Sometimes know. you have to stitch things together. But normally, and ARG's the same way. I don't normally have to edit it. But then, so then we have to up start uploading the shows to YouTube, which that's no problem. But then the real annoying or hard part of it is, uh, is you have to uh, strip out the audio and send the audio up to all. And Boat does all this for all the shows except for ARG. You have to strip all the audio out. Uh, I mean, when I say that, I mean pull the audio, I'll make MP3s of it, and then send those up to all the various feeds we've got, which since we went to Anchor, God, it's, how many do you have? It's like five or six feeds? Yeah. And then, because each show has its own feed, plus there's a combined feed. Mm -hmm. And so, and uh, then there's, and then there's some the, commercial-free feeds. Yeah, the, the Patreon feeds and the uh, for the commercial so, free for this So that's like three, six, that's almost, it's, it's like eight. And the, and the thing is, is it's not like you're just putting the shows, you can't, it's not like YouTube where you just like put the files in there and then they upload and it's good like they've got to upload and then they've got to process and while you're doing that you can't do anything else yeah. because of the way the anchor back end is no good however the anchor back end is the only way that we can actually make money from the podcast other than patreon so we have to use it yeah but um, and once it's up there it's great yeah yeah but but you have to then you have to manually split the episode right then you have to manually insert the ads mm -hmm. uh then you have to uh fill out all the the, the flavor text right. for the episode upload a picture or whatever now, the boat doesn't do this, but I, you know, me and Brent will also, and boat did this for years, and he still does it. I mean, he does the main thumbnail. I still uh, do it for Amigos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you have to make all the art, and I don't know about you, but I also have to. I can't tell you many times. In fact, I was doing it today. It's is fabricating logos and stuff because a lot of these games don't have logos, or you have to, like for example, our show uh, Nintendo games, the NES games, the eighty five. There's no logo. I can't just go steal one. I've got to go make one. That doesn't look. I try to make one that doesn't look like double butt. So there's also a time when you're making fabricating graphics, and, and that was it. really again going back to why I left ARG. I had really gone off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at those early thumbnails from ARG, the first ten episodes or so, I spent fifteen times as much time making those thumbnails. You were like Brent, so is, dumb. and yeah. you know Brent makes the, Brent sort of took over the thumbnails in ARG right. now, and they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because I can never do anything that good. Brent does like professional graphics and stuff. He's a professional, but so there's that, that's the kind of stuff no one even thinks about. So just and, and we are the video section of our show is the is makes no zero money, makes no money. Right. So I don't. know. Often I'm sitting there trying to erase tiny little black dots, and I'm like, what in God's name? <laughs> like I worked on last week's episode of ARG for hours because I ARG goes together totally differently than both does, and I I, I completely do all the production before we do the show and then I produce it live. And so I've got everything in place and I'll sit there and for hours tweaking little things and I'm like, what am I doing? I have, I got like a hundred views or something like that. What am I doing this for? You know, and I, it's, it's five cents and I have money, man. It, it's, it's funny, I, I look at our, how things make money. Like I look at your Donkey Kong video, which is one of our top videos and it's made like less than a dollar or something like that. And then I look at video like uh, uh, my coin ops video and somehow it's made a couple of bucks, and I'm like, "What? What is? The, what in God's name? What, what is happening? With, I don't know what's happening with YouTube, right. and you can't figure it out. You can't but, figure it out. But when you're doing it, if you're doing this stuff on the level of a Kim, uh, a Kim, or or a Neil, 
over at, uh, 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 over at Retro Man Cave. Those guys are, they have big crowds of people watching their shows, and they should, they're great. We are doing it just, I don't know why. I really don't, just because it's fun. I like producing the shows, and it's fun. It sounds like I'm complaining about it, but I mean, I was, I worked last night to get our show ready for tomorrow, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it, getting clips and playing the game, and now it's a lot easier for me to get the game footage, and so, it's fun, but it can also be a, a, a it, depending if you've got the time, it can be a monumental task. And so, and on both sides, this isn't counting all the time that Boat had to do stuff like, like I don't know, it would, like send out Twitter messages and 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 do all that sort all the of social, social media stuff, stuff, which we don't we, we don't. I, I, I sort of quit doing that because I, again, it's 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 sort of ROI. It's it's you know what's what's your return. If you if you spend a ton of time going to Atari Age and Twitter and Facebook and posting all these things, first of all, for some people you're just annoying them because you're spamming. Yeah. And for other people, they they already know about the show. So you know, I, I've sort of. It, but again, if you're doing it full time like Neil or Kim, you've got to do that because yeah. I mean, it's your livelihood. You know, so. even Doug. I think Doug was even in chat. Mm -hmm. I see Doug's name everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like this dude is on top of it. Right. You know, and he's he's got a growing show video show and which is a great show and doug does a lot of i mean those shows just don't get come they have to do a lot of investigation doug is sitting there i can just picture doug in his little in his little doug cave and he's got all this he's got all this action going you don't and he's doing stuff with the video signals and stuff it's complicated there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff to make like a, a 35 minute video so and doug's great at it you know we are not by any stretch of imagination we never even fancied ourselves in fact when we went to video i was stunned I remember when I walked in and you had a camera. I'm like, what the hell is that, Boat? I had the oh, camera and the green We're going to be on YouTube. I'm like, we are? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And so, but so we just naturally, but we enjoy, you know, I enjoy the live streaming. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy looking at the finished product and it, it's creative. I, I'm not a creative guy, but it's sort of like a creative outlet. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know? That's why I love doing the show. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, the, the amount of stuff that Boat was doing per week after the shows were done was, it was a lot. We would finish, we, we usually, when we start at, if we do a, a two or a three show, which for a long time we do three shows every week because we do insert this two. Um, so I couldn't figure out why you kept adding shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, we you would roll in at five, we'd be done just before eight, and I would finish everything at about 11.45 yeah. on Friday night. It was, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And, and the thing is, with his new job, I, I mean, and we knew if he got this job, things got to change because of... Uh, Aside from the Friday night, that's completely gone. You, it's just all the prep work of playing the game. And I, we could not have done another show. I couldn't. There's no way I could have handled like a, 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 doing another, it's like a hamstring show or something. And really, when you added the Atari show, of course, you didn't tell me you were doing it. That was a shoot. When I walked in, he said, he just started the show. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought, he's out of his damn mind for starting another show. You were. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we didn't give the we didn't get to get get too far into the Atari show, and I love it. We both love oh, yeah. the Atari. And I what, love all the computers. That's our problem. We love all this. Stuff. Yeah, the problem is is that I get real into a computer, and I want to talk about it, and so I'm like, well, why don't I just make another show? Yeah. So really, what we should do is whenever we play a game we like, we should just talk about it and not even do you know, and we can just talk about it. But hey, this game's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And then we're done. We don't have to start another show. No, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess. Listen, we're not. I don't want to say like a, a bellyacher to complain about all the time I've wasted or whatever. We actually, it's fun, uh, and, and I don't know about. I can't. 
listen, this is not a, unlike, say, like LGR, where, like, that's his job. This is his job, so this is what he does for a living. I don't know how much joy, I often wonder how much joy guys like that get out of what they're doing anymore, because it's their job. Right. Like, they have to do it. Right. Like, you they, know. They can't take a week off. We never, we never scratch that atmosphere. No. You know, we're, and we're, and like Boat said, most people by now know who we are. I mean, if they wanted to, if, if you're an Amiga, I'm not saying, like, look, we're everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if, you, if you're into the Amiga and you want to hear a couple dipsticks in West Virginia talk about it, you know we're here. Mm -hmm. And so you probably either listen to us and we don't like us, or you or you caught us and you got sick of us, or you're still here. Right. You know, I don't know how many more fans there are to attract. Uh, you know, we just hit 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is a pretty good, and it's early, you know, we hit it early. You know, this is the earliest we've hit it. We usually every year we add a thousand right. people. So it's it's gratifying to to get all to have people that many people subscribe to the channel and stuff but I mean uh, uh, we're not going out I'm not going to go out and, and, and hunt and dig and scratch for people if they can check us out and that's cool if they're into it and if they're yeah. not I can understand and that's really that's the, the big reason why we do the video is just because it's the it's the number one way to attract new people because YouTube is just it's where everybody goes and Bo was right getting kicked off YouTube streaming was a, was great I was so pissed off when it happened but I'll Twitch streaming is a lot of fun. Yeah, Twitch is a lot, lot of, more liberal about they're not going to give you as much crap right. as, as YouTube. And we've gotten a lot of new people too through Twitch, so we're we're happy about that. Yeah, so and I'm even slowly ascertaining what's happening. That it took a while. Final question, Aaron. Oh, that wasn't it, huh? No. Okay. Comes from Kate Fox. Oh yes, she Kate, said, the, the uh, Macintosh librarian. That's right. Yes. Since we live in the land of moonshine, do you have any uh, personal moonshine experience, either manufacturing or tasting? Manufacturing, I would I would blow myself up. Like, people don't realize the amount of danger involved in oh, making moonshine. Yeah. I mean, many people have been killed. Many have been killed. It's a lot like uh, making uh, meth. Right. In a lot of ways, yeah. uh, you can you can blow yourself up mm -hmm. or catch yourself on fire. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, uh, yes, I've, I've had moonshine many times. Uh, it's it's no joke. Uh, it's legit. Uh, people in the hills don't. I don't know about now. When I was a kid and when I was a young man, uh, people would bring it to work or bring it to, or hang bring it to, over to the house or whatever. I haven't had any legitimate moonshine for quite a while. It's been. A, it's. I don't have any one that I know that's currently getting it. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, that's not. You know, people are like, oh, it's like half of them before. It's that's real. That's legit. And there are still people making it. Listen, I work uh, for Breath Alcohol in Kentucky, and and you would think a place like Kentucky, home of bourbon, sweet, the sweetest, the brownest of brown, sweet Kentucky bourbon, you think there'd be uh, people swimming in it. Well, there are plenty of dry counties, mm -hmm. and, and up until last year, I think, it, I don't know if it's still talking, but Bourbon County in Kentucky was dry. Really? And it was Bourbon County. Wow. You know, so uh, there are still places out there where you can't get readily get stuff, and they go out and make it and still. Uh, it, it, now you could get, I, you know, uh, a couple years ago, Matt and Chad came over to the house. And they brought this. They brought these uh, jars. mason jars. And, oh, we got some moonshine. We were Gatlinburg. I'm like, oh yeah. Let me have some of this moonshine. <laughs> this moonshine. I drank this stuff. This is moonshine, like the soda pop over here. Right. This stuff is weak. Yeah. Because moonshine, it may come in a mason jar, but you don't fill up a cup and just go to work. This no. stuff is it's pure I mean, it green will, alcohol. It will blind you mm -hmm. if it's if it's not made correctly. Right. Uh, it will blind you, and uh, corn corn alcohol is the is the normal. That's the one I've had the most. They, they can other make other stuff, but that's the, you can make. Yeah, I mean, people make liquor out of anything. But, but I've had it I, a, a bunch of times, and it is 
uh, it's so hard to it, listen. I've got an ironclad palate. You know me, I, and but it's so hard to drink that it's uh, it, it will. It takes a, a delicate. It takes someone that can really is very tough, internally tough. I would recommend it. Uh, what about you? I've never had the real stuff. Really? Never. Um, have you ever been around it? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, of course, you know I don't have. Um, my my parents are all came here from other places, so we don't really have connections in the hills. Um, but uh, I've had. I guess the closest I've ever drank is Everclear because that stuff is, that is, is pretty pretty strong. If you're if you're gonna find an equivalency, mm-hmm. at like a, a grain, like just grain or, or Everclear, is is. But I mean, even if you took and turned that up. I got a buddy that would take swigs of that and shoot fireballs, right? You know that stick. Oh yeah, animal and, house. And uh, and he, he did it. It was cool. I never, I never forget one time at my backyard party when I was having a lake. Said he was doing that. He asked his wife, he goes, "Quick, get me a cup of water. I'm dying." She went and got him, and she was drunk off her butt too. And she went and got him a cup, and he drank it. And she'd give him another cup of good oh buddy because it's clear. <laughs> and he about died. He was like, "Oh," because he took a big old swig of this thinking it was water, you know. But uh, uh, it, that's as close as you can get. But the thing is, corn whiskey is a real unusual. There is a taste, mm-hmm. but you have to get through the pain to get to the taste, and it is a kind of corny taste in a weird way. But it's it's super duper potent. I mean, and, and you know, we've talked with our buddies. Remember those parties we saw where like Amiga they would go over to like uh, uh, Poland or whatever, right. and they had this. They were pulling that check on the fridge, yeah. and it was like homemade this, homemade that. And I thought to myself, and I, I can only equate it to. To what we had, what I had moonshine wise, and I don't know either. That stuff just wasn't as strong as moonshine, or these were the toughest men on earth. Because if it, if it's as strong as moonshine, and those dudes in Poland were just killing this stuff, I mean they were just killing it. Yeah. That would you would literally be killed right. if you tried that with moonshine. Right. You'd die. Right. You, you'd be very careful. Well, that's gonna draw this episode of Ask the Amigos to a close. Yeah, man. Um, Thank you for joining us, everybody in the chat. I guess we can see who is with us. I've got my phone right here, but I haven't really looked at it that much. Got 24 people in the chat. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Got a good crowd. Man, it's real hard. I can tell you who's in here. All right, tell me. Got Wishbone, Picard, make it so, Piplo, if I made it. Doug, the 10-minute uh, Amiga Retrocast is in town. Uh, we've got uh, Christian Russell. We've got uh, Super Cruiser 5000. Bark Bit, the Bark Bit uh, is in. Uh, we've got Wing Chun Wolf. Bike Me. Bike Me. Bike Me. <laughs> Pixels at Dawn, of course. Uh, the Ever-Present. Uh, Jan Holbrook. Ella Curtis Boyle. Ella Curtis Boyle just got off a marathon uh Coco talk. I was watching some of that earlier, so he he's doing double duty today. Um, Edvin was here. Uh, Ricky Derosier. Gosh, all of our all of our favorites. The Dunk. The Dunk was in town. Hermski was in. So we had a good crowd. Uh, Mitsuyama was here. Midgard seventy three. Uh, Hermski. Frodo and L was here. Brock one hundred one. Um, Gosh, can you believe this boat? There's a ton. I was surprised. I didn't think it'd be if this many people would show up and sit here and listen to us. So a good crowd. That's I think that's the long and short of it. I'm sure I'm not going back too much further. Tons of people. Thanks for picking us up. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to uh, cut this thing off and go eat cold pizza boat. I think. Mm. Sounds like that's the way we do it in home state. Yeah, we do. You guys have a good uh, have a good evening and uh, hey maybe I'll be back on with some laziness action later. All right. See you guys.
Adios.